Greg Reed don't have the balls to face Joe Rose. Man, do I like that. On the next Fear Factor, wholesome entertainment approved by the FCC seal of good White Housekeeping. We locked FCC Chairman Michael Powell in a room with nothing but a screen that flashes pictures of boobs. See this, Mike? This is a boob, Mikey. A boob. Stop it. Stop this filth or I'll find you. See this one? See this one here, Mikey? It's a bumper sticker for the fight against breast cancer. That will be away from me. Fuck you, little sissy. Here's my breast. Fear Factor with Michael Powell. Must see TV for the minds of ignorant little babies. Brought to you by DirecTV. Now with over 200 channels of garbage and sh**. It's 10.01 at 560 WQAM. Welcome on a Wednesday morning. Happy Wednesday to all. Hey, you're laughing, man. It's no laughing matter. What else you Not only do? can't you say Schmidt anymore, you can't even take one. Oh. I'm glad you took a really good one this morning because oh, that may man. be your last. Substantial. That may be your last. I hope it was very antiseptic, too. Yes, it was. Here's the results from yesterday's poll. What I said during the uh, open there is true, that Joe Rose still is temporary because Greg Reed's a coward and won't have that meeting. This is the absolute emiss. This is the truth. One day, not too long ago, Greg made the ultimate mistake of being in the hallway, like in the middle of Joe's show, and came, went in a commercial break, and Joe came out and said, Hey, Greg, this would be a great day to have that meeting, and let's get this whole thing wrapped up. And Greg said, Oh, no, uh, I got a big meeting at 10 o'clock, and ran, uh, ran down the hall. Didn't walk down the hall, ran away, like a child, like a coward that he is. And just keeps yanking this man along. Now, one day, Joe Rose is finally going to say, although he, you know, he subscribes to my theory of just taking the money right to the bank, one day he's going to say, you know, I'm getting tired of getting jerked around, and this guy won't even sit down and talk to me, <clears throat> and keeps canceling meetings and lies and lies through his teeth. Uh, I'm just not going to be in tomorrow. Just going to tell him, okay, give him my best shot, that's it. And I asked one of our intermediate management uh, people level, whatever he is, this morning, well, what's our contingency plan? Do we have one? And he said, no. Anyway, yesterday's poll result, boy, this is going to take a long time, 1,563 votes. Which big-name celebrity of the past ten years is the biggest no-talent piece of crap? Now, the FCC is having those hearings today with Mel Carmazin and uh, Paul Tagliaboob, and they want, to, they want to tape of that uh, halftime show from the Super Bowl. I'll bet they do. Who doesn't? Well, how many times do they see it an hour? About 30, man. They still want to see that tape. They want to look at it real close. They're probably going to, like, freeze frame in on it, make sure that it is what they thought it was. Anyway, biggest no-talent piece of crap, and I'm saying, you know, Maybe the last time we can say crap on the radio. Crap. Paris Hilton, 297. We had a great battle. By, and I printed this out before. They're, they're changing now because somebody's dicking with the pool. They're dicking with it. Dr. Phil and Justin Tinkerbell tied for second with 136 each. Somebody, somebody with a bug up their butt. I mean, I realize most of us hate Dr. Phil, but somebody really zoomed him up there. Mm -hmm. 136 apiece for him and Justin Tinkerbell. And Nicole Smith, 115. Dennis Miller, 87. P. Diddy, 83. 50 Cent, 77. J-Lo, 73. Adam Sandler, 53. Britney Spears, 52. And by the way, if you like that toxic video, you better stay up real late because MTV, even though it's a cable channel, I'll get to that story in a minute. They decide they're going to stick it on real late at night because it's a little bit too uh, toxic. 
Yeah. Nicole Richie, 46. Tom Green, 38. Carrot Top, 36. Carson Daly, despise him, 34. Kid Rock, 31. Bill Maher, 24. Van Diesel, 22. Ben Affleck, 22. Ashton Coochie Coochie Kutcher, 21. Sharon Osbourne had about 20. Andy Dick, 18. Fred Durst, 18. Sarah Jessica Parker, 17. Simons Cowell, 15. Ricky Martin and Ray Romero were tied. How do you like that? 14 apiece. Did I say Ray Romero? Ray yes, Romano, same person. Whatever. Uh, Tupac, 13. Anna Cornaholia, 12. You can go on our website in our uh, bedtime stories today and see Anna Cornaholia on the cover of Side, the swimsuit issue, which is coming out today. You can also see Jennifer Connolly. She's our very first in a new feature on our website, which we're calling, what are we calling it? The Sexy Celeb Picture of the Week Something like or that. whatever we And there's to. Jennifer Connelly. Now, she's not completely stark naked. We have some of those pictures, but this one is very erotic and very tasteful. Yeah, not that we wouldn't put naked it, pictures then. on there, but right. yeah, we're just going to ease into it lightly, and then we'll see what, ha what happens <laughs> with that meeting today. I'm not talking about the meeting between Greg and Joe, because that's not going to take place. Is it? No. Probably ever. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz, 9. Bernie Mac, 8. And Greek Iglesias, 8. Colin Quinn, 7. Alicia Keys, 2. Matthew McConaughey, I mean, McConaughey, whatever his name is, too. Ed Norton had a pair, and Nora Jones had one. She would have had a pair, they would have respected her more, but she only had one. Kind of like Mariah Carey, with that one gigantic boob in the middle of her chest. So that's the result of yesterday's poll. Bad news. Car bomb kills 45 would-be Iraqi soldiers in the second deadly attack in as many days. A suicide car bomber today killed 45 people, most of them Iraqi men standing in line for recruitment into the new Iraqi army, Iraqi medical officials said. Blast happened 725 this morning local time in front of the Iraqi Army Recruiting Center in central Baghdad. The car bomb was driven by a single male, and coalition military officials believe it fits the pattern of an al-Qaeda attack. The bomb was between 300 and 500 pounds, which is pretty big, but not as big as Dr. Atkins when he died. That whole deal, we'll get into that. That is just so pathetic. And keep in mind, who is behind that whole thing? Peter. Yeah. People Crazy. for the ethical treatment of animals, and as much as I'm an animal lover, especially a dog lover, uh, these people are crazy. They're lunatics. And they're so pissed off between the PETA people on the one hand, PETA. and then, the, of course, the uh, pasta and bread uh, murdering people on the other hand. Right, the industry. The industry is out to get Atkins, even though he's dead already, because uh, they're getting pissed off and fired up about this. Oh, look at this. Now she's on Capitol Hill with a look at... Today's congressional hearings on indecency on the airwaves. Elaine, good morning. Good morning to you, dear. And well, the Super Bowl halftime incident is sure to take center stage today with two hearings set for They're this pissed off and fired up, baby. One, as you can see already on the... A whole bunch of boobies sitting around there. Commerce Committee is holding that hearing on protecting children from violence and indecent programming. Now, among those scheduled to testify later are all five FCC commissioners, including Federal Communications Commission Chairman Michael Powell. Yeah. Now, this morning, the Senate Committee Chair, Senator John McCain, started by noting that this hearing was scheduled well before what he called the CBS Network's fumble. Right. Uh, I didn't want to. I wouldn't even dignify with a response. It's so pathetic. You, you folks who think that you got any freedoms left in America, dream on, man. We're taking enormous, gigantic steps back into the Stone Age. Now, what was I just saying before I saw that? Something very important. I don't know about yeah. Greg being a coward. Anyway, you like this story? A little change of pace from Nice, France. Before we get into the heavy-duty stuff, and before we check all them pictures out for the uh, uh, hot couples contest. No more new ones, huh? Not today. Although, Not yet. Let me let me check again. Better check your uh, emails there, man. We might have something really hot. We actually have eight, so I don't need to really push it all that much. And by the way, for our sales department, especially Fat Boy, 
Uh, we've already got the uh, contest rules written up, and we've already got this thing uh, for quite some time now. So quit, uh, you know, trying to stick your big fat self in there and diddle around on the side. Man, he is just—you just can't control that son of a bitch. Just out of control. Oh, guess what, Pally? Get out of here. Get out of our contest. Get out of our studio. Get out of my life, fat boy, you, you idiot, you tub of crap. Nothing new, huh? No. Nice, France, dressed in a demure, demure black suit, a 35-year-old French woman has married her dead boyfriend an exchange of vows that required authorization from President Jacques Chirac. Under French law, Christelle Demichel became both bride and widow in the ceremony, which was performed Tuesday at Nice City Hall in the French Riviera. The groom, a former policeman identified only as Eric, was killed by a drunk driver in September of 2002. Boy, he must be getting a little bit gamey by now, wouldn't you think? You'd think. I guess he's probably in a box. Demichel told LCI TV she understood it could seem shocking to marry someone who is dead, but her feelings for him had not dimmed. His body wasn't present for the ceremony, thank God. Such marriages are legal. If the living spouse can prove the couple had intended to marry before the other one died, the French president must also authorize it. Also, the French are cracking down big time on that uh, religious, uh, on the headgear, you know, on all the schmatas and stuff. We'll get to that. Now, getting back to the MTV thing. This is amazing. This just goes to show you how people pee in their pants. All the FCC has to do is start threatening and rumbling, and they got these hearings on Capitol Hill, and right away, uh, nobody can nobody can do anything no more. And the public sits back. Hey, uh, Joe, you think Willie Williams is going to go to a junior college? Or what do you think? I mean, seriously, we, we need a brain transplant in America before it's too late. I'll tell you who needs a brain transplant, Howard Dean, your man. Not no more. Wow. You're right. He is such an asshole. A loon. He's on there last night. I mean, he he gets single digits in Virginia and Tennessee, and Kerry wins in a landslide. The only one who had anything uh, going for him was Edwards, because now that Clark has dropped out, or going to drop out today officially, uh, you know, Edwards might run a respectable second everywhere now, like he did uh, in, where did he run? In both of these, right? Okay. Both Virginia and Tennessee. He edged out uh, Clark for second. So anyway, uh, and here's Dean on there again last night. Well, no matter what happens in Wisconsin, he's still hanging in there because his supporters want him to compete. It's a, it's going to be a two-man race between uh, him, him and Kerry. Uh, excuse me. Has he won any primaries? No. Or caucuses? No. Did he come in respectable in any of these? No. And in this business of just picking and choosing, see, I hate to break the news to you, Doctor Dean, but when you run for president, you have to run in all 50 states, not just. Oh, I think I'll run in uh, Vermont. You know. Right. Maybe I got a shot. And then he's going on ripping Kerry again about, well, he's the only one who uh, took all that money from special interest, and he did this, and yada, 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 and I'm the... and he's just repeating the same old tired stuff. This is a man who refuses to take no. for an answer. Whatever the question is, the answer is always, yeah. yeah. He's pathetic. In the aftermath of Janet Jackson's controversial Super Bowl breast exposure, MTV has decided that Pop-Tart Britney Spears may be a bit too toxic for daytime tastes. The music channel, which produced Jackson's notorious halftime duet with Justin Tinkerbell, said yet on Monday it's moved six of its racier videos, including Spears' video for her new single, Toxic, from daytime to late-night rotation. Record labels for Spears and other artists whose videos were consigned to overnight programming from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. were informed of the move last week. A spokeswoman for the network said she denied that MTV was engaging in self-censorship or responding to pressure from its corporate parent, Viacom, Inc. Okay? Viacom Inc., which, of course, also owns CBS. Yes. 
We always take into account what the cultural environment is on an ongoing basis, the spokeswoman said, given the particular sensitivity in the culture right now, we're erring on the side of caution for the immediate future. Oh, my God, they're going to be rolling out all the old Kate Smith and the Rick Nelson videos. That's all you're going to see on MTV. I'm telling you right now. And the ones where they showed Elvis from the waist up only. Zion America, that's all I can tell you. Twelve minutes after ten at five sixty WQM. This is the last mortgage you'll ever need. It's the only one mortgage from Financial Group. The benefits are incredible. You pay zero closing costs, zero application fees, zero credit bureau fee, and zero discounted points. Get yourself the new amazing lower interest rate at just one point twenty five percent. If you have a hundred thousand dollar loan, your payments are a mere three thirty four a month. A two hundred thousand dollar loan costs you only six sixty eight a month. And don't forget, once you refinance or get a new home mortgage from Financial Group, you'll never ever. Pay closing costs again. So call today, toll-free, 1-800-940-LEND, and they'll explain it to you. Get the low-rate mortgage you deserve, and then move to your next property with no further cost or expense. You pay zero underwriting fees, zero dock fees, zero closing costs, even when you move to another property. Get that new low-rate financing of just 1.25% with the only one mortgage from Financial Group. Never, ever pay closing costs again. Call for all the details today with no obligation. Call 1-800-940-LEND. That's Financial Group at 1-800-940-LEND. They're an equal housing lender. Restrictions apply. Rates subject to change monthly. 4.21 APR. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAM. Greg hates you. Deep in the bowels of the WQAM laboratories, highly skilled engineers in white lab coats work feverishly with their clipboards to bring you stereophonic sound. Listen closely as a sound can travel as if by magic from speaker to speaker. Left speaker. Right speaker. Living stereo. How can you listen to your favorite WQAM programs? Why, the Munz Quasar Receiver, of course. Simply ask to have a quality Munz Quasar Receiver installed in your car at any authorized Munz or Dumont dealer. I can't wait. 1017 at 560 WQM, your HDTV wee-wee station for the new millennium. In stereo, no less. You hear the difference? No. I do. Uh, also, not only the, I just want to finish this story about, uh, the Britney Spears toxic video. Among the other ones that are going to be, uh, put way, way late at night, 10 p.m. till 6 a.m., uh, Blink 182, Maroon 5, and the rap rock outfit Incubus, whose video for the song Megalomaniac depicts an Adolf Hitler character with angel wings flying over a crowd. In a statement issued by the band's publicist, Incubus guitarist Mike Einziger, mocked MTV's playlist alteration, saying it's ironic that this MTV scrutiny comes from an incident where someone bared their chest in public while for the first time our singer has his shirt on for an entire video in this one. And even bearing his boobies. But the boobies at Viacom and CBS and MTV are saying, oh, gee, see, we're doing everything we can now to be nice boys. We're doing everything to be on our best behavior. That's pretty shocking about the fact we have no more entries in our hot couple contest. Oh, nice no, going, Greg. I, I lied. What, what is it? I, I did a send and receive, and there are two more, and uh, you should have them by now. I see. So, in other words, you lied. I lied. Well, yeah. how many? I'm, I'm trying to remember. How many did we have uh, last year? About 30, man. No, on, on each one. What, we have about a like dozen, 15? 20-ish, I think, maybe. Did right. we on each one? Uh, 15 to 20, I think. So we got like 10 now. Right. So I, mean, I guess by the end of the week we might do that. See, you're such a, you're so negative, man. Sorry. Don't you understand? We have a lot of people listening. They're just, they're just all ugly. I am not negative. 
They can relate to us. They're all ugly. So what's wrong? There's nothing wrong with being ugly. Most people are ugly. And if it weren't for us ugly people, then the good-looking people wouldn't That's stand right. out. See? The point of Look at the tremendous service we're doing for everybody else. I mean, somebody looks at me and says, holy crap, I feel pretty good about the way I look. And then it turns out to be fat boy. Oh, and some good news for you. This is going to make you feel good. Because, and I don't want too much good news because Sean, and Sean, you're a great man. Sean ought to be like uh, on a payroll, whoever Sean in Hollywood is. Because he's the one who inspired our poll for today with that fax mm -hmm. yesterday. He said, your show has been much too uplifting lately. Maybe you might consider this for the poll. So I did it about the most depressing movie ever made. So we don't want to be too uplifting. We want to be depressing because these are depressing times. These are the times that fry men's holes. Woman drops lawsuit over Jackson Peep Show. Isn't that great? Oh, I'm so relieved. Remember that story? Less than a week after filing a class action lawsuit because of her outrage over Janet Jackson's Super Bowl TD stunt, Terry Carlin believes she's made her point. What's the point? The Knoxville banker is withdrawing the suit filed last Wednesday in U.S. District Court against Jackson and Justin Tinkerbell. Also, they were suing MTV, CBS, Viacom, uh, everybody uh, in down the pike. The lawsuit had sought billions of dollars in compensatory and punitive damages. Carlin alleged that she and others who watched the show during the Super Bowl were injured by the performer's lewd actions when Tinkerbell did that, when he yanked it. The notice of dismissal filed in federal court says Carlin wants to see if remedial measures announced by federal regulators and the companies involved succeeded in preventing similar stunts. In the lawsuit filed on behalf of all Americans, Carlin charged that Jackson's exposure and sexually explicit conduct by other performers during the halftime show injured viewers. When that booby just came popping out there, it came right through the screen and poked a lot of eyes out. It was an eye popper. I mean, what kind of assholes are we dealing with, you know Major? It's, it's, it's Major pathetic. Asshole? It's sad. But let me ask you one serious question. Do you think Willie Williams is going to get in more trouble or what? Do you think he's going to be okay? Well, he, UN delayed his admission request, and he faces a Friday hearing, and he's got three nights in uh, jail with a BS. Oh! What do you think? Stop it. No, that's the important stuff. This is what's wrong oh, with America, is crap. This, this is what America, the minds of America have turned to. Crap. Let me say it again. Crap. Yeah, I want to say it as many times as I can because when that hearing is over, we probably won't be able to say Crap. anymore, even take one. I'm telling you. In fact, I'm going to tell you this right now, speaking of Dr. Atkins and diet and everything else, you better eat very light. That's number one. You better go get a high colonic because after they have that meeting today, when you, Crap. it has to be very antiseptic and not smell bad. Right. That's what Michael Powell is going to insist. And we're going to have the, uh, the stench police. We're going to have the crap police come to your home. Right. I'm telling you. I understand that from now on, all toilet paper is going to have to be brown so that you can't and, see anything on it. And I got news for you. There won't be Mr. Whipple standing next to the bowl. <laughs> That'll be the crap police. Well, you can't squeeze We've it. we got everything else. we got the pleasure police. we got uh -huh. the jaywalking police. we got the pot police. Now we got to have the crap police to make sure that it's nice and antiseptic and not all mushy and smelly and crap. Just wait till they get those Well, we can't talk about excretory activity. Based on what? See, they this is why so. Americans are such lemmings, man. Well, the FCC, the government said, why? Just arbitrarily, they just sat around a bunch of old blue-nosed assholes one day, pandering to the fundamentalist lunatics, like the pilot on that plane. Oh, they had the uh, a father and daughter. The daughter was a real valley girl, by the way. They were on MSNBC last night. I guess I was one of a few people watching. Dirty, man. And uh, the father said that a lot of people on the plane thought that they had were going to meet their maker. Yeah. They thought this was it. 
I'd have been freaking out. They thought that it was 9-11 all over again, that the pilot was either some kind of a faker that took over the controls of the plane or that he was a religious nut who was going to crash the plane in the ocean so they could all meet the, the Lord and mm -hmm. go to the wherever they were going, up, down, or in between. And, and then American Airlines, let me say it again, American Airlines, you suck. They released a statement where they, they tried to say, oh, well, he, he was just joking, and he didn't really yeah. say... Uh, yeah, and they, they totally changed the statement around, and all of the passengers who were on the plane that had been interviewed said, no, that's not what he said. We heard what he said. And he said, if you're not a Christian, you're crazy. I think maybe he had it backward. Right. If you believe in any of these garbage religions, any of these gutter religions, you are crazy. By definition. <laughs> yeah. Look up the Just ask Mel Gibson. He'll tell you. He's spreading some goodwill and good cheer. Passionately. <clears throat> WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Hi, Neil. How are you? Pretty good. You're our first caller of the day, so make it really good. Well, I just called to say I've been listening to you for a long time, and I am a huge fan. You make me laugh and get through every day, and I just wanted to uh, thank you for a great, great, um, all these great years, and I really appreciate it. That's wow, all I got, that is, Neil. That is shocking. Thank you so much, and have a great day. That, I, I, that didn't really happen, did it? Uh, let, let me pinch uh, an inch here. Let me pinch an inch. Pinch it. That's all I got. Uh, and man, that was, uh, we met a quote right now. Look at that. And yeah. a passion for the there was, there was Janet and Justin again. He's gonna, huh? he did it again on CNN. It's disgusting. That's why they keep showing it 400 times every hour. It, and, and the public really, I, 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 I shouldn't probably say this, but I will anyway. The American people as a group, I'm not talking about our audience, cause you hear by most of our calls every day that the audience we have are very intellectual. <laughs> but, but aside from our audience, the American people are so goddamn dumb and so is so managed and manipulated that it's really scary. And the worst part of it is they don't even realize it. Well, you got to be smart to realize it. Well, that leaves them out. I mean, what are we talking about here? Boobs. Jesus. WQM, hello. Uh, Neil. Yes, sir. Hi. Uh, you know, I'm sort of really scared here. I mean, uh, the the fact is that you know. It's, it's just a boob, but there's so many people worked up about it, fired up about it, and the backwards, you know, religious right in the southern, it's mostly southern states, I think. No. No? No, it's all over. It's coast to coast, pillar to post. But the fact is, if the public didn't agree with this crap, it wouldn't It wouldn't even be an issue. But Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. If the public didn't agree with this crap, we had over, like Tom Jicker wrote, we had over a half a million hits on our website, three days running, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of last week, and we're still getting hits up the ass, if I can say that, because of the fact that we had the Janet Jackson thing on our website. The majority of the people loved it. They only want to see more, lots more. But the goody two-shoes crowd, see, there are things that are politically incorrect, and that's wonderful. You cannot say that nudity on TV is acceptable, that we want to see it. You have to say, oh, I'm outraged by that, and that was disgusting. And so the public says that. But rational-minded people are not speaking up and not laughing. This, you know, it shouldn't. It's a non-issue. It's an absolute non-issue. Absolutely just, correct. I think we ought to be worried about important things like Willie Williams. And like you always say, you know, Europe is laughing at us. Right. It, the, it, the whole the whole world is just crapping in their pants, like doubled over with laughter, like what a bunch of Neanderthals we are. I'm moving to Canada, buddy. I'll see you at the border, man. Oh, later. See you on the yeah. old peace bridge. <laughs> 1026 at 560 WQM. Stop being a bunch of children, man. Grow up America. Grow up already. No. And you'll notice that this Republican uh, congressman from California, I forget what the hell his name is, he's the one heading up this uh, whole deal now to try to, like, sanitize everything, your radio, your TV, your uh, CDs, your uh, pop-up toaster, everything, your underwear. Sanitize it, baby. 
27 past 10 at 560 WQAM. I know Willie Williams is a lot more important than this crap. It's a bunch so, of crap. Right. So say it again. Crap, crap, crap. Uh-oh, say it one more time. Crap. That's what uh, Joe said Greg Reed was, I think. Said something about him being full of crap. Hey, guys, last time you looked at it, it was just too small. It doesn't impress women. Do definitely doesn't last as long as it used to. We're talking about that paycheck. You just can't stretch it very far because it's teeny and tiny, and the paycheck, too. So call Fast Train toll-free at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN and start that new high-paying computer career post-haste. In just four short months, Fast Train can help you get a new high-paying computer career. And the good news is the demand for computer professionals is still growing faster than that tumor on Todd Rex's ass. So call today, toll-free, 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. And with seven locations, Fast Train's bound to have a campus convenient nearby where you live. Fast Train offers job placement, financial assistance for people who qualify, and with day-night and weekend classes, there's no excuse to stay in that dead-end job one more day. If you register now, you really can have a new life and a new career and a big fat one and a paycheck, too, that goes along with it in just four easy months. So check them out on the web if you like it, FastTrain.com, and make that call. And when you do pick up that instrument and call, be sure and tell them that Todd Dreck told you to call. They'll be crapping in their pants. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. It's romance with J-Lo is over. And that G-Lead movie they made, what a disgrace. Yes. Tabloid news will be much colder. So I think you'll see them back again someday. No one smiles when they separate. Except my Damon, he'll be glad to take Ben's place. Ben's without his J-Lo, but she's still on his lonely mind. Thinks about his J-Lo, any man would die for her nice behind. Ben's without his J-Lo, Ben is sad as he can be. Though I'm betting tonight. Ben's bed won't be empty The Washington understand that the Republicans are the good, decent people. They're the moral, uprighteous people, the ones that lie about war and things like that, and then send off a bunch of your kids to be butchered and killed and have killed 10,000 innocent Iraqi uh, citizens. But nevertheless, they're the good, decent, moral people, and that's why we're having these hearings right now. Right. Having a big to-do on CNN about that right now. You mean the people that steal from the poor and give to themselves? That's right, and give to the rich. Tax cuts for the rich. You got it. The people that let the big corporations outsource the jobs and send them all across uh, to China right. and everywhere else in the world. That's right. Sure, the and then that... and then tell us, by the way, that that's good for the economy and good mm -hmm. for America. I mean, the ones that take away uh, overtime pay and uh, all those benefits and restructure the laws. Exactly. Okay. The I'm ones sorry. that uh, quit those non-proliferation treaties and then say, have the president today having a uh, uh, making a speech about uh, weapons of mass destruction and about how uh, proliferation is going to destroy the world and the environment, et cetera, and so on. That's the ones. Oh, not the that they're hypocritical the or anything people. like that. Just the ones where uh, right. the, the vice president plays golf with the Supreme Court justice who's going to rule on his case about releasing the names of those energy people meetings, etc., and so on. The ones that use Kenny Lay's plan to campaign? Right. Okay. Microsoft warns consumers about major Windows security flaws. Now, I put, I went uh, yesterday and I put every block, every uh, patch. Pardon? 
I put the patch Careful. right on my screen. The patch. The patch. That's right. I put it on there. No, seriously, every the, Windows update, you know, every security right. update, I installed everything, just just in case. So because heard. Microsoft warned customers yesterday about unusually serious security problems oh my God. with its Windows software that could let hackers qu quietly break into their computers to steal files, delete data, or eavesdrop on sensitive information. I did look at the two pictures. I see we got a couple of nice dark-complected couples on our, which is good. We, how, how about some uh, Asian couples would be good? Sure. <clears throat> Sounds huh? great. But the, the first picture there, it seems to me that they already were on there, weren't they? Or is that my know. imagination? Huh? I don't know. They look awfully familiar to me, they like one win. of those other pictures. Well, whatever. They didn't win. What? No, I'm not talking about did they win. I think they're already on there. I think it's already on the first date, but we'll see. Microsoft, which learned about the flaws more than six months ago from researchers, said the only protective solution was to apply a repairing patch it offered on its website. It assessed the threat to computer users as critical, its highest rating. In other words, the rating, what are we on, yellow or orange right now? Yellow? A terror threat. Is it yellow? I don't know. Does it make a difference? Yeah, I think it's like amber. No, that's, oh, not, that's uh, not, no, sorry. It's like, uh, puce. <laughs> but the critical, it means it's a red warning for your computer. A Microsoft security executive, Stephen Toulouse Latrec, said the flawed sat, his name is Toulouse. How do you like that? Said the flawed software was an extremely deep and pervasive technology in Windows, urged customers to apply the patch immediately, if not sooner. Now don't get panicky, but apply the patch, goddammit. Immediately, not sooner. Are you sure we can say that? What's that? Patch. The Department of Homeland Security also warned Americans about the software problems with emails sent across its new national cyber alert system. Don't panic, but uh, get with the patch. Just stick it right on there. Or stick it on your arm. 5670560. Here's the, I guess I better give the poll the whole thing, although we're getting some votes on there. Oh, and look, look what's... Uh, Leading the uh, pack I, I so knew it far. would, even though I voted for something else. Just, just huh? What was the most depressing movie ever made? Somebody says Lenny, the Lenny Bruce story with um, Dustin Hoffman. That's a good choice. Who's depressing? How many people do you think saw Lenny? About thirty, man. Here's a fact that says. A depressing movie it's not even made yet. Justin Tinkerbell to act in Edison. Oh, come on. You have to be joking. what? Tom Edison. The filament? I want to give you a kiss. Absolutely. Okay, Sarah, wrap it up. After adding the title of Grammy winner to his resume, Justin Tinkerbell is going uh, after another movie star, another movie star, another title. This is the print is so small that you couldn't read it with the Mount Palomar telescope. Tinkerbell will star with Kevin Spacey, Morgan Freeman, and LL Cool J in Edison. Shooting is to begin March 8th in Vancouver, with the film scheduled for release next year. David J. Burke of Law and Order Special Victims Unit will make his feature writing and directing debut. After many years of looking at my many scripts, he's decided on what we think is a terrific project. Tinkerbell's publicist, Ken Sunshine, told the AP yesterday, you can judge by the quality of the other people associated with the film, the direction he's headed in as he begins his film career. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Edison, I'm the instinct singer, will play a young journalist who discovers a, an elite team of corrupt police. Oh, thank God this isn't about Thomas Edison. Uh. 
Freeman plays the veteran reporter who helps him, and Spacey plays the DA's top investigator. When asked whether sharing the screen with such formidable company will intimidate Tinkerbell Sunshine, said, Justin's 22. I don't think anybody has handled the kind of success he's had in 22 years better than he has. On Sunday night, Tinkerbell won Grammys for a male pop vocal performance, Cry Me a River, and pop vocal album for a solo debut, Justify. During his acceptance speech, he apologized, of course, for that grotesque, aberrant display of Janet's <laughs> booby. Wow. Here's the poll. Well, I'm, I'm depressed. You're right. I'm depressed about that. It's not even made yet. Mm. What was the most depressing movie ever made? We got, uh, well, I'll give you the result what we got so far in the vote. Why not do it that way, I... right? Requiem for Dream 12. Great movie, but very depressing. Midnight Express 7. Why? That had a happy ending. <laughs> hey, Did it really? Did it not? Tell what do you mean how? by that? He got out. Yeah, but he died. Eventually. What? Oh, that was so, are you kidding me? It was so morbid. It was morbid, but it was a happy He got out, he was reunited with his girlfriend. And then Brad Davis died. And then he died. I mean, it was a very uh, morbid and depressing morbid movie. See, it, all you care about is the end, man, the end. Rectum. All right. To get from a, from, to get to the end, you have to, like, start in the beginning and go and endure. Endure all those the scenes in the bathhouse. Right, well. And the priests were pretty pissed off about it, too, that they weren't there to enjoy it. He got that guy's tongue. Uh, Requiem, yeah, where'd he get it? <laughs> Requiem for a Dream 12, Midnight Express 7, Midnight Cowboy 5, Looking for Mr. Goodbar 4, Looking for Mr. Goodwrench, Deliverance 4, Terms of Endearment 3, Citizen Kane 3, uh, Ode to Billy Joe, uh, that's what I voted for, Ode to Billy Joe. Oh, uh, don't jump, Robbie, don't do it, sweetheart. I was at the man. Uh, Citizen Kane 3, Ed Norton, what is that, El Norte 3. I'm glad the other people have seen it. Makes Requiem I never, I never saw like it, what is it? It's about Guatemalans, and it makes Requiem look like uh, it's a wonderful life. Magnolia 2, great movie, but very depressing, morbid. Romeo and Juliet 2, Lenny 1, the Lenny Bruce story. See, you know, how many years ago was that Lenny Bruce story? About 30, man. I think more than that. Not like 15, I'm guessing here. 15? I can look it up. No, I don't, I don't mean the movie. I'm talking about when Lenny Bruce was oh, uh, being uh, abused and ridiculed and harassed and uh, maligned and... A long time ago. And here we are. It's 2004, boys and girls. And your Congress today, with all the crap that's going on in the world, all the problems, all the people that can't afford to buy prescription drugs with, without any health care, all the uh, kids that are getting a crap excuse for an education, with all the idiocy going on, they're holding hearings on whether we can uh, show titties on TV. I'm telling you, man, when we took that poll, this audience had their thumb right on it. When they overwhelmingly voted... Grow up America. That was the response to all this flap about the <gasps> Janet Jackson booby flap. I think somebody in this government ought to get the booby prize. You know, this is this is like Bubba Part Two, only much worse. This is like yeah. penis gate all over again. Oh, the president was getting blowjobs. Oh, let's impeach him. Oh my God, and he lied about it. Wow, it is a scary. Thank you know what? Thank God we have all the diversions because I think we'd all go nuts. Thank the Lord for Willie Williams. Nuts. Now, Jason Williams, that's another story. You know, the thing about the dog, I can't stop thinking about that. Right. I mean, the limo driver, I don't know. Maybe he was an asshole. Maybe he had it coming like Bonnie Bakley, you know? Oh, come on. But the dog did not have it coming. He might have been a Rottenweiler, but nevertheless. And he killed his dog, and nobody seems to care about that. No. And I would still like to find out why is it that he did that, they know he did that, and he didn't get any punishment for it? 
So in other words, you have a right to kill your own dog. Is that what they're saying? Partly. And Lenny Bruce now died. Now you tell me that. Lenny died in '66. Lenny Bruce died in '66. See, so we're talking like 47 years ago. And of course, the uh, WBAI thing, the uh, George Carlin with the seven dirty words, that was uh, over 30 years ago. And here we are in 2004, and everything has to be so sanitized. I think even you're going to have to throw one of those sheets of bounce into your radio and TV, you know, to make sure it's like, yeah. 10.43 at 5.60 WQN. Hey, Valentine's Day is this Saturday in Pompano Park Racing and Card Room in Pompano Beach. Has a great couple special at the Top of the Park restaurant. Too bad we don't have any couples listening to this show. For just $79.99, you get a full course dinner for two, including shrimp cocktail, seafood scampi, and a free bottle of Corbell champagne. Plus, there will be live music throughout the evening. You'll have great seats to enjoy the racing action. There will be free flowers, prize drawings, just for the ladies. And for the kids, free miniature horse rides, 7 to 8 p.m. On the track Saturday, Valentine's Day is the opening round of the $250,000 Isla Capri Pacing Series with top horses from all across the nation, plus the annual Sweetheart Pace featuring only women drivers highlighted by the great B. Farber. Not. On Friday, the feature event will be the opening round of the $125,000 Mac Lobel Trotting Series. Hey, B, that horse has been standing there for 18 hours. Go clean him off a little bit, would you please? Located just a half mile from both I-95 and the Florida Turnpike, Pompano Park is easy to get to, and best of all, Pompano Park features free admission and free general parking every day. And don't forget, as part of the Valentine's Day festivities, free kisses from Wally Hennessy when you enter the track for both the ladies and the guys. Live harness racing in the poker room is open every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Pompano Park, including tonight. Boy, take a look at it. It's Wednesday, yes. Poker room starts at noon till midnight. Live racing gets underway nightly at 7.05 p.m. You ever have those things where every day kind of like is the same as the other one? They all kind of run in together? No. Call Pompano Park for more info at 972-2000 or check them out on the website at pompanopark.com. Don't forget, big Valentine's Day festivities this Saturday at Pompino Park. Live and local, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. QAM. What happens when two awesome forces collide inside a steel cage? Find out this Friday night, the Democratic Primary Pain Tour. Featuring the main event, Nature Boy Ric Flair versus Nature Boy Howard B. Someone's going to get punched out like a hanging chair. The Nature Boy is going to style and profile. From South Carolina. North Carolina. South Carolina. Woo! North Carolina. We're going to South Carolina. Woo! These two don't agree on anything. Rick Flair better watch his back, because not only do these fans love me, but everybody loves me. California and Texas and New York. Witness Rick Flair's famous figure for leg lock. Woo! Howard Dean's punishing tax loophole takedown. <laughs> the Democratic Primary Pain Tour. <laughs> Only on pay-per-view. It's 10:49. It'll be, I guarantee, a lot better than that lingerie bowl. That was kind of stiff. This is kind of cute. It says Free Willy live tonight, February the 11th, in the visitor's parking lot in the Pompano Correction Facility. Special guest appearances by Benny and Brian Blades, O.J. Simpson, Ray Lewis, Ray Carruth, Nate Newton, Jesse Jackson, Roy Black, Drew Rosenhaus, and Honorable Judge Susan Let Him Go Lebo. Some guest appearance will be taped due to previous incarcerations. Bring the kids. Plenty of role models available. Join in and beat the farmer chick who didn't don't want to be hugged. Pinata. 
run through the fire extinguishers, smoke the uh, like the Keynes boys, nudie bars nearby where you can punch a farmer in his face. <laughs> right. It's kind of cute. Uh, we didn't get two new entries in our uh, Hot Couples contest. Those were already on there. That's why they look familiar. Okay. I already had seen them. So we only have eight. All right, so I'm going to mention it again, and then I'm just going to, like, throw up my hands in the air and give up because I don't know what the deal is this year. I just guess we have nobody listening. Thanks, Greg. we got nobody left listening to the show. we got a million, a zillion people on our website because they want, like, the nice nudie pictures. Here we go. They aren't. What? Here's a new one. We just got it. We did? Well, let me give the info again because it's pretty depressing. I don't know what. Well, they're a little bit slow. They always do this. Wait till the deadline. Deadline is 2 o'clock this Friday, which is only, like, day after tomorrow, last time I checked, for a hot couples contest. Email your pictures to contest at neilrogers.com. And a couple of the voting will be next week, but the deadline to send them in is this Friday at 2, so get your ass uh, in gear. And all next week we'll have them up on our website, and the deadline will be next Friday at 2, and whoever has the most votes wins first prize, which is either your choice of one of these trips, a uh, three-night vacation at Hedonism in Jamaica, all-inclusive, including all meals, all beverages, with the exception of airfare and personal expenses, or... A trip for two to Royal Oasis Resort and Casino, two-night vacation, including airfare to Grand Bahama Island, all the other stuff you pay. And third prize is uh, dinner for two at Pizza Loft. So the first place winner gets whichever one of those trips they want. Second prize place winner gets a second one. And third place gets to watch Jeff Rimmer eat free at the Pizza Loft. So that's it. Contest at neilrogers.com. But time is of the essence. They're just either they're diddling and dawdling, or uh, maybe just there's nobody out there. That could be it. And, of course, the money just keeps clearing in the bank. Just keep the checks coming, Clarence. It's all we care about. It's a lost cause. When I heard the story about the Joe Rose thing with Greg Reed, I mean, at that point, you just throw your arms up in the air and say, I was right, just take the money to the bank. There, right. There's no hope. There's absolutely no hope for that dope. Most depressing movie, says Bob, is Sophie's Choice. Good choice. Chris says, my nominee is The Cube, which had J-Lo in it. That's depressing in itself right there. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless Line. WQAM, hello. How you doing, Neil? Pretty good, sir. Uh, uh, I think Jason Williams is a scumbag. Did you watch the dog show last night? No, I did not. The, the Westminster? No. You know those dogs? Okay, Reverend Jones, thank you. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Listen, uh, did you see Condoleezza Rice on Today Today? No, I did not. Not even oh. yesterday. Oh, she mentioned weapons of mass destruction four, about 18 times in four yeah. minutes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And uh, if you could add ordinary people to your poll, that would be great. Okay. Yeah, that's before right. I shoot myself. Okay. Right. Thanks. Five six seven oh five sixty pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless Line, the most depressing movie ever made. Requiem for a Dream 21, Midnight Express 15, in spite of George liked it because he liked the Turkish bat scenes. Yeah, right. Uh, just relax, will you please? Uh, Josh, get the baseball bat. Come on. Now, now, what's going on now? Why is it? Oh, okay, are you getting it? Is yours refreshing or what? Yeah, I'm getting it. What? What are you talking about? Mine won't refresh. Let me try to freshen it up on purpose. I mean, it was there when I went to it. It, it was just there a moment ago, and I started reading it, and all of a sudden it's like uh, stuck. Maybe there's an enormous response on her again because they want to see that Jennifer Connelly picture. You think that could be it? That could be it. No nips, by the way. No, but... WQM, the famous Line 9. Hello. Yeah, mine refreshed. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Mine did, too. Yes, sir. Uh, most depressing movie I've seen recently was Mystic River. 
Okay. With, uh, I, I thought that's why I got all those uh, awards and everything. Yeah, I mean, it really, um, it, you know, you walked out of there definitely not uh, feeling too good. Okay. Uh, but it did its job. It was great. And then anything with uh, Julia Roberts is very depressing. <laughs> okay, thanks. Oh, come on. Sleeping with the Enemy was good. Mm -hmm. What other good movie did she make? Anyone you can think of? No. Well, what was well, the one where she had the cameo appearance? Erin Brockovich was very good. No, no. There was one where she did a cameo appearance. I don't know. Oh, what the hell was that movie? And then there was the one where they were after, after get her, where she uh, found out about the um, plot to kill the vice president. What the hell was that movie? I don't know. But you should see the uh, Aaron Brockovich. How many movies does Julia Roberts make every year? About 30, 100. man. I you should see one. Aaron Brockovich, because it's all about Enron and how evil they are. Oh, come on. Not my good buddy Kenny Lee. I like his potato chips a lot. Yes, your best close personal friend. Okay, there it is. Most depressing movie ever made. Requiem got 23. Midnight Express, 16. Terms of Endearment, 14. Midnight Cowboy, 8. Uh, Casualties of War, 7. Looking for Mr. Goodwrench, 5. Deliverance, 5. Magnolia, 4. Romeo and Juliet, 4. And everything else is the... Oh, the Billy Joe's got 3. Nobody... See, that's a long time ago. It's old. Nobody saw it. It's old and stale. And Robbie Benson just turned 85. It certainly qualifies, though. It does. Oh, really Brutal. depressing. Oh, and the, even the song. Now, who did the song? The Ode to Billy Joe. Uh, Bobby Joe Gentry. Bobby Gentry, not Bobby Joe. Bobby. Whatever. Bobby I'm Gentry. Billy Joe. It's uh, stuck. Billy in my Joe head. Gentry. Right. Right. Bobby G. And the Gentrys did keep oh. on dancing too. But anyway, the Ode to Billy Joe is very depressing and all that. Uh, kind of like a, yeah. kind of like an Aintree kind of a setting, you know, real, right. real deep south, you but know. But it's cute about because it's one of those cases where they made a movie out of a song. He was cute. As opposed to the other way around. Right. That's a good idea. Why don't we make a movie? Come on. That would be great. That's a great pull. What song could we make a movie about? Uh, In the Hood by DMX. All right. WQAM, hello. Uh, yeah, the Pelican Brief. Pelican Brief is the one with Julie Roberts. You're right. That was a good movie. Yeah. Okay, thanks. All right. I thought he was going to like, you know. But thank you. Now I don't have to worry about that the rest of the day. Pelican Brief. You didn't see that? No. That was good. Did it have Pelican? Why does everybody rag on Julia Roberts? I don't know. I hate her. I don't know what that's all about. I think no, she's okay. Like she's a little bit over, right. overdone. I mean, overrated. we don't need to see her quite so much. Uh, what do you mean overrated? That's what a lot of people say about her, I mean, because they make this giant deal out of her. I don't think she's a giant deal, but I think no. she's just fine. And I still say Sleeping with the Enemy was a good movie. It was just fine. I didn't have a problem with it. And then the part, it was almost like watching parts of Passions, you know, where it was like, right. you just knew you were going to get frustrated by and it. Like when she went off to visit mommy in the nursing home and all of a sudden there he was right. again. And you know how anal I am about a good ending and uh, or just an ending at all? That yeah. had a great ending. That's correct. Sleeping with the Enemy, there's a recommended movie on the Neil Rogers Show for you. Okay, and quit looking at those naked pictures. No. 10.56, four minutes before 11. You better, in fact, let me suggest this to you. I don't know how long that meeting is going to go on. Probably like an all-day affair. You talking about the meeting with Joe and Greg? Yeah, right. Uh, but you probably uh, ought to look at a lot of naked pictures today while you still can. That, that's my suggestion. <laughs> right. I'm telling you. Before they shut the Internet down. That's correct. See, they have no control over the Internet. They can't control the content. And so as a result of that, because they're so pissed off, that's probably one of the things that will come out of the meeting today. No more nudity on the Internet. In fact, no more nudity in your home with the lights on. Right. Lights out, maybe. Not that's with the lights on. Bathe like a Mormon, one part Speaking at a time. Speaking of that, guys, this Valentine's Day is just a couple of days away. Saturday, right around the corner. Hope you're not thinking about giving those same old wilted flowers this year, because forget about that. That's old news. Unless you're planning on getting the same nothing in return that you get for the flowers. Here are three words you need to remember. 
Vermont teddy bear. You send her a bear gram at work, the lover boy bear, the love bandit bear, the uh, new all-star Valentine bear dressed like a sports fan. When it gets there, she'll be completely surprised. She'll be shocked. And all of her coworkers will think you're the greatest guy for sending such an original, thoughtful gift right to her orifice. Then maybe she'll give you, the, speaking of her orifice, the gift that you're hoping for. So just call this toll-free number, 1-800-829-BEAR, and a friendly bear counselor will help you choose the perfect bear for your Valentine, delivered with a free chocolate in their famous gift box. It only takes five minutes to order, and overnight delivery to the home or orifice is guaranteed. You still have time. Call 1-800-829-BEAR or shop online at VermontTeddyBear.com. Send your Valentine. It's the creative alternative to flowers instead of those nasty, obnoxious, dying flowers. They're dead in just a matter of hours. Or even worse, chocolate that's going to make her pork up like a cow. Call today, 1-800-829-BEAR, and tell them that old Neil told you to call. 1-800-829-BEAR. You still have time. We're Sports Radio 560. QAM. This is the most disgusting program. Huh? I urge everyone to complain to this station. And now, Mr. Dan Gernstein, campaign advisor for the Joe Lieberman presidential campaign. <laughs> that is the it's short, but it's the all time best. No, nothing's even close to that. Nice going, Brian. You lunatic, you. Ken from Toronto, who lives in Etobicoke. Ken faxes and says one of the most depressing doomsday movies was On the Beach, 1959, starring Ava Gardner, Gregory Peck, Fred Astaire, Tony Perkins, directed by the great Stanley Kramer. Probably kin to a Brad Kramer. It says, go Leafs go. Nice tie last night in uh, Tampa, down 4-2 in the third period. Gary Roberts scores with a goalie pulled with uh, less than a minute to go to tie it up. Nice going, Gary, baby. A 4-4 tie. We'll take the point. Uh, Ken from T.O. And also, here's one that says, Philadelphia starring Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington, 1993. Philadelphia. I'd had a happy ending. Tom Hanks died. Oh, well, in that case, <laughs> couldn't have been all bad. Oh, and you're sending me more of these priest stories. What is wrong with you? Here's one, Nothing. two, three... Let's see, here's another one that says, Philadelphia and Monsters Ball. Yeah. With Charlize Theron. No. Isn't she in that? Halle Berry. Who's in, who's, uh, what's the, oh, Monster, is that it? What's I the didn't... Charlize Theron movie? Ah. Uh, Where she plays the dyke. Oh, the, uh, Eileen Warno story there? The one that's, uh, new right. now? I don't right. know. Right, the trial that's on, uh, on Court TV. I don't know. Monster? Is that what it is? I don't, I don't know what it's called. Something like that. I think it's Monster. The Monster Mash, I believe it is. Monsters Ball is very good. With Bobby very, Boris very Pickett. Good. seen it like six times already. When are we going to have Halley's Berries on our website? Uh, how about tomorrow? Do we have those? Oh, we're going to have Halley's Berries on our website tomorrow. Or uh, next week or something. Give me, a, oh. give me a minute to find a good picture. Okay. Uh, Tim says, a tremendous movie, truly underrated, that has a heart-wrenching, depressing ending is Breaker Morant. I wonder if that's kind of Jimmy Morant, who drives at uh, Dover Downs. The most depressing thing about Breaker Morant is how god-awful boring it is. Made in Australia in 1980, it stars Ed Woodward and Brian Brown. Oh, I hope it's not as depressing as Bob Woodward. He's a brilliant guy, but have you ever seen him doing the talking head stuff like he did last night on uh, CNN with no. King? No. He is so pedantic. He ta I mean, you know, stick to the writing, Bob. You're a great guy, and uh, congratulations on Deep Throat and, and everything else. But uh, he's just so pedantic, and I think that the vice presidential choice might... Oh, God. It says it's the best anti-war movie I've ever seen, but it's depressing. Breaker Morant's is Tim. I'll put it on there, whether you liked it or we not. We got it. No, it's, it's not whether you liked it. These are depressing movies, some that. of which were great and some of which were crap, you it's know? It's already on there. 
Here's another list. I, I don't want a list, okay? I can't, I, I, see, the here's the question again. Got it? I'll read it very slowly. I'm a little bit too fast, too hyper. What was the most depressing movie, M-O-V-I-E, ever made? Not what were the... About 30, man. 30 most depressing movies ever made. Not what is the top 100 list of most depressing movies ever made. You got it so far? No. I didn't think so. Top 50? The top 80. WQM, hello. Hi, can I speak to Neil, please? Speaking. Neil, two things. Yes, sir. Um, I want to echo the sentiments of what the first caller said about you. You really have made quite a difference personally and, and for everyone. I Well, muchas thank. gracias. And the second thing, I just want to add my two cents to your survey. Yes. Uh, put every movie by Igmar Bergman. That's what <laughs> <you do>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you want to talk about death and depression, there it is. And what about poor Ingrid Bergman? Oh, well, no. She's no already... Wonder, uh, no wonder they burned her at the stake, huh? <laughs> you That's got it. Illegitimate kid. Have a great day, amigo. Please Thanks. keep up the great work. Asta K. How about Edgar Thanks. Bergman? About what about... Who is it? Edgar Bergman. And Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> you know, this Greg Reed character, I, I don't know where that came from. I, you, I, the thing with the pulling the strings and the ventriloquist with Edgar Bergman. I, I started thinking of Greg Reed again. Somebody needs to yank his chain, you know, wake that bastard up. He is such a, such a coward. I can't stand cowards. Oh, congratulations on the great book, Neil. And by the way, I've decided to terminate uh, George Rodriguez. What a day that Neil. was. But it, what a day of many. You're right. I need to write a book. The problem is nobody would buy it. But I just to read myself. Uh, make a pamphlet. Ghost write a pamphlet. The local audience will buy oh, it. Oh, sell it for a dollar. What an what a jackass, man. What a loser. It's sure great to to be a, a real big shot with other people's money. You know that that's what I've always loved about him. Has all that money of his own now, thanks to the fact that they cut him in on the deal. He can do no wrong because he's part owner of the joint. But man, you just have created more service for us. That's why we just take the check right to the bank, Greg. We actually might really do a great job someday again, but I doubt it. Because everybody subscribes to my theory now. Take the checks to the bank. At least they clear. Oh, this story about Stephen J. Gray, this is pretty interesting. Yes, it is. Thank you, Jeff. Hi. And did you get a the picture of his new haircut? No. Oh, I emailed it Hey, to that's me. a nice couple, by the way, that latest one. They're pretty interesting. Yes, indeed. So, so I, see, they're starting to come in. Now we got, how many couples do we have for the contest now, Neil? Nine. Oh, thanks. And then we can have Robert Greeper on there. And some other nerd. Then we can have a couple of nerds. With all the pirates in South Florida on the radio, the FCC just doesn't have the manpower to shut them all down, or even a chunk of them. No, they're too busy worrying about who's saying crap. They're too busy sniffing your toilet bowl. So the private sector is getting involved. The Palm Beach Post reports partners Lou Vency and Stephen Gray, an old friend of ours from IOD. Yes, and Steve, uh, Stephen J. Gray, do you? Of Broward County, use equipment similar to the Lojack stolen car homing device, one of our former great sponsors for many, many years, to take to track pirate stations to their front doors and estimate their levels of interference. The two guys have sent detailed reports and photographs of pirates' transmitter attendance to the FCC, but Gray said recently, I have yet to receive any reply. The agency, as a policy, will not confirm or discuss ongoing investigations. Now, they got bigger fish to fry, Stephen. Yeah. they got bigger fish to fry. Janet Jackson's boobies, that's what they're worried about. They're worried about uh, Britney being on MTV before 10 o'clock at night with that toxic video because it's a little bit too toxic for their taste because they're a bunch of puritanical assholes. Tyrannical and puritanical. That's the FCC for you. I'm almost, I'm not going to do it because I played it about a week ago. 
play that FCC song. It's so bad. It's so campy. But I, it just frosts my ass thinking about this. And what makes me even matter is that most people don't give a flying crap about it, including most of the people on this radio station who are too worried about Williams Willie. Another pirate hunter who didn't want to be identified for fear of retribution said he contacted landlords to remind them that their leases have clauses about illegal activities or that pirates violate building codes by mounting transmitter antennas. You know, I heard that Scram once did that. Mounted an antenna? Oh, she'll mount anything. Stephen Gray recently tracked 17 pirate stations in two hours in Dade County. Seventeen! Yeah. How do you like that? You go, Steve. For all the good it's going to do. The AC Siete, 17. He and Vinci, uh, Vinci estimate more than 60 operate in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties, and a new one goes on here every week. A new pirate station goes on here every week. Many pirates don't interfere with legal broadcast because they pick dial locations far enough between license stations or transmit on very low power or with low-quality equipment like we have at QAM. A few have equipment that prevents them from interfering, but most pirates don't know they're interfering and don't care. Sometimes a new pirate station begins interfering with an established one which jacks up its power to try to drown out the newcomer in a twisted form of Darwinism. It's like a war, Vinci added. Vinci and Gray have created their own business to battle the pirates. Clients can hire Signal Finder, Inc., to pinpoint anything interfering with radio transmissions. Well, what's our problem? <laughs> oh, crappy signal? Oh. This can include cordless telephone and wireless Internet signals, power line interference. Well, let's yank all them power lines down on 441 and somebody might be yeah. able to hear us. Illegal bug transmitters, taxicab two-way radios. Have you ever gone by, um, not taxicabs, but truckers mm -hmm. that have the two ways and all of a sudden you're, ah, yeah, all that crap? No, no, you can actually hear them talking for a couple mm -hmm. of seconds as they're zooming on by. Crosstalk. Even fast through drive-through communication systems and pirate radio stations. Vince, he said he has signed up Clear Channel and his inquiries from other broadcasters armed with evidence. Stations don't have to rely solely on the FCC, but can sue pirates with civil suits. You go, Stephen, and uh, whatever your partner's name is there. Vince, Vince. Vince, Vince, Vince. You got all these priest stories here. It's a disgrace. Also, I have one. A little later on, once we get through with Dr. Bob. Right. And FCC is looking for that halftime show. Tape. They want the tape of it right now. They want to see it again and again and again and again. And they're going to watch it 4,000 times and then decide if it was perverted, obscene, disgusting, unacceptable, etc. Come on. Thank you. Um, now, where the hell is that story? What was it I was looking for? Oh, about the priests. I'll get to it. Just relax. Got a lot. More than 13. The sex abuse scandal against the Roman Catholic clergy appears to be... I gotta get to this right now. You inspired me with these faxes you sent. The scope of the sex abuse accusations against the Roman Catholic clergy since 1950 appears to be much greater than previously estimated by victims groups oh and by the media and AP review of reports from diocese be finding. The U.S. Church will make an unprecedented nationwide accounting of abuse claims and costs later this month, and some bishops already have started releasing local figures. The AP contacted dioceses across the country and found that 1,341 clergy members have been accused of molesting minors with more than half the diocese yet to report. Just a small number, 1,341. Isolated incidences. Right. Just 1,341 isolated perverts. What it's really doing is showing us in black and white that the problem is much worse than any of us thought, said Sue Archibald, president of the Link-Up, a Kentucky-based victim advocacy group. Statistics have yet to be released by some archdioceses that have faced hundreds of allegations, including Boston and L.A. So, in other words, they're not even including the biggest ones in here. Thousands and thousands and zillions and millions of peepees, pervert priests. And that's what they want, peepees. Little ones. Not getting mine. 
What was the most depressing movie you ever saw? That's our poll question today. Thanks again, Sean. Great. In fact, Sean should come up with our poll every day. I'm, I'm getting, I'm burned out on the poll thing. Huh? He, he can be our poll man. Right. He can be in the poll position. Requiem for a Dream 33. Nobody's going to touch Sarah. She's getting more electroshock than Sheridan on Passion. <laughs> By the way, Eve finally gets in. Luis finally gets in there. As, uh, who is it? Is it Eve or is it uh, Teresa that talks, uh, Antonio into open, finally getting the doctor to open up that door? Open that door, you lunatic. Requiem for Dream 33. Terms of Endurement 22. Midnight Express 19, in spite of what George said, it was morbid, man. Midnight Cowboy 11. Just calm down. Dummy up a little bit. Casualties of War 10. Sophie's Choice 9. Deliverance 8. Boy, that was really... You know what was really depressing at the end when he was having the nightmares, you know? Why was that? It, it, why was that? <laughs> it was just depressing. When the hand came up out of the water, you don't remember that? Sure I do. Depressing. Exciting. Looking for Mr. Goodbar 7, although the corn sure was special. So Magnolia 6, Philadelphia over. 6, Saving Privates Ryan, Saving Ryan's Privates 4, On the Beach 4, Romeo and Juliet 4, El Norte 4, Lenny 4, and after that it's a small potato so far. Long way to go. Lots more will be on the list. Excellent poll. Thank you so much, Sean. Check us in the mail. George is sending it. And I hear Rimmer sending it. That's right. Oh, listen, i got to tell you this real quick because I'm beyond a break. Phone rings yesterday at a minute past two, okay? I pick it up and I hear nothing. I say, hello, nothing there. Two minutes later, it rings again. It's your close friend, Rimmer. I said, was that you that called a minute ago? Oh, yeah, but it was a bad connection. I decided to hang up and call again. I said, I thought it might have been you. He says to me, well, if that's the case, why didn't you call me? <laughs> I said, because I don't. I want you to pay for the call, you cheap bastard. Wow. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. You. 14 past 11 at QM. Let me tell you, speaking of Rimmer, it's the pizza loft spot. <laughs> if you want to meet the voice of the Panthers on TV, the unctuous and famous Jeff Rimmer, just head for the Pizza Loft anytime. He'll be there. He'll be there just enjoying all the great food. Not some of it, but all of it. And you'll love it, too. They have combination dinners at the Loft. So if you're a newcomer there to the Pizza Loft in Davie, you can get one of them combination plates and pig out on a little bit of this and a lot of that. Take out chicken and veal, seafood, calzone, super subs. They've got the best garlic rolls going anywhere. They've got every kind of pasta ever invented and uh, three different kinds of fabulous pizza, too. Jeff's got it all. And the food as well. Everything is cooked to order. It's fresh. It's delicious. The portions are humongous. And the prices are still teeny and tiny. So you don't have to take a big bite out of your wallet. And, of course, the Pizza Loft also caters. Use them for your next orifice or home party. Catering for as low as 5 bucks per person. They offer you delivery. In fact, you can stop by and take it out as well. Here's the number to call for a, a delivery and takeout. 954-916-8880. 954-916-8880. The Pizza Loft's been going strong for almost... 30 years in town, and they're going bigger and better than ever. You'll find them in the Pizza Loft Plaza on University Drive, right behind Pier 1 Imports. That's between Griffin and 595, like I said, on prestigious University Drive. In fact, when you run into Rimmer there at the Pizza Loft, he might invite you over to the house for dinner, as long as you're bringing the food. Pizza Loft and Davy, you can't beat it with a stick. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560 QAM. Absolutely.
Twenty at five sixty WQM. We got the Mad Dog at two. Uh, Hank Goldberg at four. Five. A missionary and traveling evangelist. Oh my God! Turned himself into Virginia authorities on six counts of credit card forgery and one count of credit card number theft. The charges stem from telephone calls made to a phone sex hotline. <laughs> All right, Pete, you go, baby. That's All right. Good. That's great. That's one of my all-time favorite stories. Not as good though as the abroad in France who married the dead guy. Well, at least it was a dead fiancé. Priest charged in pot case under investigation for sex abuse. No. See, I don't know how to like the head of him anymore. I beg your pardon? I used to like that guy. A priest charged with growing marriage, weenie in his church residence, is under investigation for alleged child abuse. Assistant Summit County Prosecutor Mary Ann Kovacs said yesterday she plans to meet with police to determine if sex charges ought to be brought against the Reverend Richard Acro, 40. The allegations surfaced during a court appearance by Andrew J. Smith, 25, of a nearby Barberton, who tipped police last month to a marijuana plants allegedly grown by Arco in the rectumery of the prison. Oh, that's nothing like having bad weed in your rectumery. Of the Prince of Peace Roman Catholic Church. Smith, in court Tuesday, for violating probation in an unrelated case, claimed Arco began a sexual relationship with him when he was 15. He told his attorney that the relationship continued through January when the priest posted Smith's bond after his arrest on charges stemming from theft at Prince of Peace where Arco served as pastor. Maybe he stole a couple of joints. Over the years, Smith said in court, Arco showered him with gifts, money, and drugs in exchange for... Sex? Sex. Okay. Smith, whose credibility could be an issue in the marijuana investigation, has a history of drug abuse and is under a 10-count indictment on charges of forgery and receiving stolen property and weed and stuff like that. Oh, speaking of that, what a great segue, man. I better take some calls and we'll get some more movies on here. They're going to start getting pissed off. But first, University of Miami football recruit Willie Williams. Now let's get to the important stuff. Right. Here we go. All right. Forget about all this other crap. Right. Willie Williams is going to be hosting his own show on this station every morning, 8 to 10. Unless Joe Rose gets that contract by the end of the week, Greg, you idiot. We'll spend at least three nights inside Broward County Jail pending a bond hearing Friday, and his future with the Hurricanes is uncertain. Williams, a parade All-American from Carroll City, surrendered to authorities yesterday morning, only hours after Gainesville authorities filed more charges. We know that. Uh, Williams, and you ought to have heard Duff this morning, man. I'm going to tell you, our operations manager, I, just, I can't even believe it. Duff hates you. Defending Willie. Well, all he did just like, uh, you know, the uh, boys will be boys with the fire extinguisher up there, and I said, well, he was... Uh, arrested on theft ten times in the past five years, a violation of probation. And then, of course, uh, hey, oh, and he, that girl he grabbed, uh, you know, he met her the night before. Yeah. And anyway, his probation was set to end today, but he couldn't wait. He's fine, said William's lawyer, Paul Lazarus, who accompanied him to the jail. Obviously, he'd rather not be where he is, but he's going to make the best of the situation. He's going to have a great time in there. <laughs> oh. On Lazarus' advice, family members declined to comment. Williams, 19, began his jail stint in Broward's downtown facility at 11.15 this morning. But in the afternoon, he was transferred to North Broward Detention Complex in Pompano Beach. Yada, yada, yada. So there you go. Willie Williams, man. Set him free. Set Willie free is what we say, right? 
Good old Rambling Willie. How's Bob Farrington doing? Who? I dropped those little things in there for Dick uh, Feinberg at Pompano Park because he's the only one who knows what I'm talking about. Okay? He knows Elmer Conrad. He knows Red Ross and Walter Ross and Diana Ross. 26 past 11 at 560. WQM, how's the pool coming? Let's get back to that. I'm, I'm rambling. I'm all over the place, and you're not keeping me in line here. <laughs> what was the most depressing movie ever made? How many votes we got? 201. Uh, Requiem for a Dream, 36. Terms of Endearment, 23. Midnight Express, 22. Philadelphia, 14. Sophie's Choice, 13. Midnight Cowboy, 12. Casualties of War, 10. Looking for Mr. Goodwrench, 9. Deliverance, 8. Magnolia, 7. Saving Privates, uh, Ryan's Private, 7. Citizen Steve Kane, 4. Ode to Billy's Joe, 4. El Norte, 4. Lenny, 4. Now, yep. I'd like to know who it was that was doing uh, Robbie Benson in that movie. Uh, they showed it in the movie. It was the guy from the fair. You think he'd draw me a picture of it? Memento, 4. Romeo and Juliet, 4. On the Beach, 4. Ordinary People, 3. Mystic River, 3. American History X. Where did that come from, 3? Where'd that come from? Always oh, snug it in there. It was on that fax that you tore up after all. Oh. Jack the Bear 2, Irreversible 1, Monsters Balls, Breaker Morant, and The Cube each have the big Oh so far, but it's early. Twelve twenty seven uh twelve twenty seven, man, this thing is flying along. It's one forty, right. ain't it? Eleven twenty seven at five sixty WQM, your station where we at least get the time right. Not much else. Hey Greg, you're an idiot. Anorex Diabetic is a truly delicious meal replacement drink that just happens to be made for people living with diabetes like me, but anyone who's looking to cut down their sugar intake can drink it. I wonder if Dr. Bob would drink it if he were still alive. Anorex Diabetic is sweetened with Splenda, which is made from sugar. In fact, they were raving about Splenda this morning. Even Dr. Gupta, did you see that? About how great Splenda is. So there's no nasty aftertaste like you get with those drinks made with aspartame and saccharin. Recommended by doctors and dietitians for people who can't sacrifice proper nutrition just because they're in a big-ass hurry. Endorex Diabetic is a completely balanced nutritional supplement that provides you with all the essential vitamins and minerals you need for a healthy life. Plus, it's got fiber, antioxidants, yet the good news is it's low in saturated fat and that unctuous cholesterol, too. Endorex Diabetic is gluten-free and lactose-free. An 8-ounce can provides 237 calories of easy-to-digest nutrition. Try Anorex Diabetic once, and I bet you Jeff High's life on it. You'll never go back to whatever you were drinking before. That's how good it tastes. Pick it up all over town. It's at Publix, Eckerd's, Walgreens, Navarro, Sedano, CVS, other local pharmacies. Or, if you want to do the smart thing, the makers of Anorex Diabetic are so positive you're going to love it, they're giving you a free two-pack in vanilla and chocolate. All you have to do is call that toll-free number, and they'll send you a, a one a vanilla, one chocolate, and a two-pack. Call 1-866-368-3739 or faster yet, order for yourself on their website, enterexdiabetic.com. Just click on free samples. When you call, be sure and tell them that Neil sent you by for the delicious one. Get an additional free special gift just for having the balls to mention my name. Call them toll free for your free two-pack. Call 1-866-368-3739. Live, live and local. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. He's got a Leo pretty now thing. The station that delivers presents a live a Deliverance Weekend. All weekend long, you can qualify by winning video cassettes of the movie Deliverance. What is it you require? We require that you listen to the radio all weekend long. Don't say anything, just do The grand prize winner will be flown to Dothan, Georgia for a canoe trip for two down the Kahunawasi River, including accommodations in beautiful and trees. It's easy to win. Now let you just drop them things. Just take a ride on. It's painted. 
27 till noon at 560 WQM, the station that really hurts. Uh, let's get some more of these names on the poll, okay? Okay. WQM, hello. Hello, Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. Hi, sir. Um, I'd just like your opinion. I'm, um, I'm a registered independent, and I just want to do anything to get Debbie out of office. Yeah. And we're... what's the question, sir? I don't want to sound like Larry King, but yeah, what's the no, question? I understand. Do you think it would be in our best interest, the independents, to go ahead and uh, I've been thinking about going ahead and uh, switching over to the Democratic Party just to just to get W out of office, just to make it a little bit stronger. Well, what difference does that make? How you're registered? What is that going to do? Well, I don't know. With the primary, Kerry, that's my suggestion. Vote for Kerry three times. WQAM, hello. Hi, I've got two for your poll. I know you okay. hate people have two. Brian Fong and Kramer versus Kramer. Two good ones. Thanks. Yes. Thanks a lot. Okay, bye. Bye. Boy, Brian's song, how could that have ended well? Or right. Anything. That was pretty depressing. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Kramer versus Kramer. That was the Brad Kramer story. He was driving two horses in the same race at Northville Downs. The most depressing thing about that movie is Meryl Streep was in it. Kramer versus Kramer. That was Dustin Hoffman, right? Yes, who's great, and Meryl Streep, who's not. Oh, now what do you got against Meryl Streep? Just because she's uh, skanky? She's skanky, she's ugly, she's incredibly overrated, she's a green persimmon-sucking puss. Other than that, In other words, are you trying to say Meryl Streep is a creep? Is that what you're trying to say? I her. Okay. But other than that... Yeah, she's great. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. I've got a suggestion for your poll that was done locally. Uh, it propelled Ricky Schroeder's career. The champ. Wake up, champ. Champ, wake up. <laughs> Great. you got to wait a long time for a moment. Wow! I told you. See, those of you people out there that don't appreciate the quality of these fine calls on this show, shame on me for shutting the calls off for those seven months. You know what? That was a bad mistake on George's part. Yes, it was. I'm sorry. I apologize. Hey, you like the bedtime stories. I still You're do. the only one. That was the problem. You don't get no diaries. That was the problem. If only. There's that asshole Scott Peterson. I don't care about that. Go on to something else, CNN, or I'll change the channel. Yeah. I'll turn. I'll even turn on MSNBC. How do you like? Oh, look at that. As soon as I threatened that, they got off him. They put Darren Kagan back on. She's cute. You like Darren Kagan? Who? Darren Kagan, the uh, newsreader on CNN. She's perky and she's cute, but she's not offensive like uh, Soledad O'Brien Schwartz. Oh, oh man. I, I hate to say this, but I really would like to beat her around the head and shoulders with a. I don't want to say baseball bat. That would be bad. Something oh. not really sharp or hard. A wet noodle. <clears throat> yeah, a wet noodle. Like, uh, exactly. Like Duff Lindsay's penis. Study. Women, wait till you hear this. Women over 40, biggest online gamers. Sorry, Duff. Like Clarence's penis. What kind of games are they playing? Uh, well, it says, think teenagers are spending all night long playing online games with a computer? Not the kind of games where you're thinking of. Wrong, it says. Guess what? <laughs> Wrong. It's their mother's burning the midnight oil. AOL released a study showing that U.S. women over the age of 40 spend nearly 50% more time each week playing online games than men and are more likely to play online games daily than men or teenagers. Teenagers are too busy looking at porno, playing with themselves and each other. Of those women over 40 who had formed online friendships, AOL said more than 20% converted those virtual connections into real-life relationships. How do you like that? 
Fueling the arguments of those who say that gaming takes away from other activities, 44% of the women over 40 who responded to the survey said they spent less time watching TV or movies, reading, or being physically active because of their game play. They're playing the wrong kind of games, guys. They're playing online. They're punching their guts out. They're gambling away to goddamn bread money, which is good because bread will kill you. See, this is the new battle. It's really almost hysterically funny. The bread, the starch people. you got the SS, the super starch people, against the Atkins people, and never the twain shall meet. And then, of course, to, to sweeten the pot a little bit, you throw in the Pita. people. And you got a real brouhaha is what you got going on now. With the Atkins, oh, he weighed 400 pounds, he weighed 600 pounds, he was a big fat slob, he had a bad heart, he had you know, all this other stuff. And then we find out that this was all uh, generated by the PETA people. And, of course, dutifully, every every newspaper, every wire service, they put this on there. Oh, Dr. Atkins was a fat pig. His diet's a, a bunch of quack crap. Too late. Everybody everybody knows it works. Everybody who, you know, who uh, is into it. But don't confuse the PETA people with that because the Atkins diet involves meat, animals. Oh, no, dead animals. And you got to be a vegetarian or they get all pissed off and they'll come out of your home and beat the crap out of you. WQAM, hello. Yes, Neil. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I just want to add these two on your poll. Um, either Kids or Bully, which were um, was easily the most depressing movies I've ever seen. Okay. Okay. And thank, thank you so thank much. You, sir. They were both recommended by the most depressing person we've ever met in that studio, as a matter of fact, who's not there no more. Hola. Him. Uh, now, see, I'm trying to be a nice guy, which I'm not, but I'm trying to be a nice guy. And these people, why do they? Why won't they stop? They, they can't. I guess we should commend them for at least cutting it down to a peer, you know, to and, two. And for calling it all and uh, participating and all that. What do you mean by that? Well, they could just not call. Not come up with something. My point, let me say it again. The let me read the question again. This is my bad. I should be reading the question over and over again. In fact, if I read enough times, it'll be 2 o'clock. I'll read and I'll go home. Woo! What was the most depressing movie ever made? Not what are a couple of the most depressing movies ever made. Not what are 15. Not what are 10,000. I mean, you know, they mean well. I appreciate, I appreciate it, like Lasseter used to say. And look what happened to him. That's what you say, but then this is what they hear. Every time. Not Every just time. today. No. I mean, Manishtana Halala Yerzeh. Here's what they hear. What? Name all the movies you can name. <laughs> okay, that should take us till what? Middle of next year? Right. 232 votes, and so far, Requiem for Dream 38, Terms of Endearment 27, the most depressing movie ever made, Midnight Express 25, Philadelphia 19, Sophie's Choices Tied with Midnight Cowboy 14, Casualties of War a dozen, Looking for Mr. Goodwrench 11, and after that, Single Digits. And Deliverance still has only eight, even after I tried to goose it up with that Bob and Tom bit. Sorry about that. I tried. It was pretty depressing. In fact, it, as, as the movie went on, it got more and more depressing. Just ask Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Ask uh, Rod... Well, what the, don't tell me. Ronnie Cox. Very good. Right? Yes. Well, let's see. Who else was in that movie? Um, uh, Ronnie Cox, Burt Reynolds, right. uh, John Voight, Ned and Ned Beatty. Right. And Banjo anybody Boy. Out? Banjo Who? Boy. Oh, and Banjo Boy, our favorite, who was loaned to uh, the producers of that movie by the Beasleys. Nineteen till noon at five sixty WQM. Speaking of strange people, uh, Fat Boy came in the studio real early today to a meet and greet, and he said two things. First was, "Hi, Pally," and the second thing was, "Hey, how are you enjoying that great dial of mattress?" 
And down there in my house, of course, I've had a dial mattress for years. You ought to be doing the same. President's Day is just a few days away now. It's coming up Monday. Every year, President's Day, I don't know why, but it's just a yearly event that the bedding and department stores run those big phony ads for mattresses. It's a tradition. And they're phony as hell because they double the price, then they cut it in half and say, hey, guess what? What a deal this is. We're giving you half off. Wrong. If you want real rock-bottom, unbeatable prices on the best mattresses going, do what I've been doing for years for a coon's age. Make the one simple call to dial a mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS. No phony sales, no bait and swish. Just every day, rock-bottom prices on the best mattresses you'll find anywhere. They got them all. They got Sealy, Inserta, Simmons, King Coil, Tempur-Pedic, which is fantastic, and now Stearns and Foster Hewitt. Choose from dozens of models at low everyday discount prices. Speaking of Foster Hewitt, I wonder if that game is on in an hour. Oh, it is. They're in a break. You can rest easy and enjoy a great night's sleep for years to come when you call Dial a Mattress. You don't even have to leave that house. Just make the one simple call. And keep in mind, only Dial a Mattress lets you choose a two-hour delivery window that meets your schedule when it's convenient for you every day, seven days a week from 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. With low prices, same-day delivery, free setup and removal, it's easy to see why Dollar Mattress is ranked the best in the universe in customer satisfaction. So do what all the smart people at QM are doing, and even some of the dumb ones. Make that call, 1-800-MATTRESS, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or online you'll find them at mattress.com. Live and local, this is Sports Radio 560, QAM. How young is too young? I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Travel on the headlines, yeah, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Madawa, Lafayette. We're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico and Texas and New York. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. We're going to California and New York. We're going to South Dakota and Oregon. Double out of half my share, man. I've been everywhere. I'm North Dakota and New Mexico. I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana. And Oregon. We're going to California and Texas. Santa Fe, California, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Austin. We're going to South Dakota and Michigan. And Lake Devils, Lake Crater, Lake Deep I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Double out of half my share, man. I've been everywhere. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! 11.47, 13 till noon at 560 WQM. Willie Williams show at 2 this afternoon till midnight. Now, did you just email me a picture of Sofia Coppola? I didn't mean to if I did. Sofia Coppola? Yeah. Why would I do that? I don't know. Anyway, uh, the debate over Dr. Atkins' popular high-fat, low-carb diet flared posthumously yesterday when it was learned that Atkins himself was a bloated 258 pounds at his death. And I'll say it again, the people promoting this are the... PETA. People. The anti-meat people. They're having a, uh, a nervous schmidt because more and more people are turning their back on carbs, including bread and pasta and things like that, all of these things, and they're eating meat, uh, which is the staple, of course, the heart and hole and soul of the Atkins diet. A city medical examiner's report filed after Atkins' 2003 death from a fall showed the six-foot doctor was at a weight normally considered obese. The only problem with that, of course, is because uh, he was in a hospital for, what was it, nine days? And they were, like, uh, putting all them fluids into him. And, of course, he wasn't getting rid of it because he was in a coma. Oh. Hmm. And so they claimed that he gained 60 pounds in the nine days, which sounds like a lot, but when you're, like, pumping you full of fluids all the time, you puff up like a bufo toad. 
The Atkins Physicians Council said that carbohydrate shunning doctor gained more than 60 pounds through fluid retention in those days he spent in a coma before dying last April after slipping on an icy street and hitting his head. Atkins weighed 195 when he was admitted. So let's see, six foot tall, 195. He's a little bit overweight, but he certainly wasn't enormous, okay? He wasn't gigantic. But he wasn't humongous. What difference does it make if he was? It doesn't make any difference right. because, like I said, the diet originally came out back in the 70s when he wasn't even overweight. And the diet has helped zillions of people. How many million people? Absolutely. About 30, man. About 30 million people lose weight, and a lot of them, if they're smart, have kept it off. But, of course, the Peter. people who are a bunch of lunatics, a bunch of crazy people who want to force you to continue to eat vegetarian, like seaweed and the kale. Remember in Fatso he was eating kale? Yeah. Lasagna for you, chicken and kale for me. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> kale. What the hell's kale anyway? It's a bunch of, like, weeds. Oh, I see. You know greens. your weeds. Right, yeah, greens, like uh, chitlins. You know your chitlins. That's, I thought that was guts. Critically ill patients, when sustained on fluids in a hospital, gain a lot of weight, said Dr. Stuart Traeger, chairman of the Atkins Physician Council. He was grossly swollen, so much that his family and associates barely even recognized him. Now, the medical examiner's report also noted that Atkins had a history of heart trouble, including congestive heart failure and high blood pressure. But the doctor's heart, he, he talked about it on King, on Larry King, uh -huh. long before his death, about the fact that he had his heart problems stemmed from an infection, Cardiomyopathy, an enlarged sure. heart, That's what he and said. a viral infection, not because of his diet or an oil clog artery, stuff like that. But now every newspaper, like I said, you put out a little bit of uh, truth, like his name and the old pictures. Oh, that's Bob Atkins. Look at that. He was fat. Because what they want to do is they want to poo-poo it. Peter. Is sucking him into it. And, of course, they're being helped out by another unctuous group called Physicians for Responsible Medicine. You know, anytime I hear responsible physicians, to me, that's an oxymoron, especially in Florida. Responsible physicians, my ass. Bunch of pill doctors. Hey, get, uh, write a lot, bunch of prescriptions for Zocor, okay? We'll send it to Bermuda. They're still doing all okay. the same crap they've always been doing. I'm telling you, there's nothing any different. Physicians for Responsible Medicine, the group that released the report and promotes a vegetarian diet, just like Peter, acknowledged that fluid retention may have been responsible for some of his weight, but probably not all of it. The group maintains that Atkins diet poses weight and health risk to the millions who follow it. How do you like that? And on and on this goes. In April 2002, a year before he died, Atkins issued a statement saying he was recovering from cardiac arrest related to a heart infection he had suffered from for a few years, and it was in no way related to diet. Like I said, he was on with our close personal friend, uh -huh. the Kingmeister. One doctor not connected to the case had extensive weight gain. Indeed, can occur in comatose patients, especially those with heart trouble like Atkins. It's certainly possible that in an effort to try to resuscitate him, they keep giving him more and more fluids, and essentially he keeps them in the body, said Dr. Schmendrick of South Minor Hospital in Mount Sinai, New York. Well, his name was some long chap name. I don't know. How do you like that? 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless Line. How do you like that? Less than a minute to go. Uh, FCC is, I told you the hearings are going on today, they want the halftime tape. Is that incredible? Yes. Everybody else has got it. Everybody in North America and even people in Europe have got it. But the FCC wants it. They've asked CBS for a tape of its heavily, heavily criticized <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday halftime show. And is moving with unusual speed as the agency chairman has taken the rare step of personally directing the probe. He's sticking his nose into it.
He's got his the tip of his nose right on Jackson's boob. Right up Justin's Rectum. ass. The agency will determine whether the halftime show violated indecency standards when singer Janet Jackson's right breast was briefly exposed. The FCC's Enforcement Bureau faxed its initial letter of inquiry to CBS on Monday, which acknowledged received yesterday, said it intends to respond thoroughly and quickly. FCC Chairman Michael Powell is pressuring the agency's Enforcement Bureau to move swiftly. Now, he is pissed off and fired up. They want to know who was in charge of the show. Did they know if the content was scripted or impromptu? Who, if anyone, authorized the content? Now, do you think anybody's going to say, oh, yeah, we knew all about it? That was my bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we, uh, it was part of the script, part of the deal. It was just bad judgment on our part. Is anybody going to say that? No. I mean, talk about a bunch of window dressing, man. Talk about a bunch of poop and caca, as somebody I know would say. What kind of crap is that? Caca. Poop. Wow. <laughs> WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Possible to get on before noon, or is there a long you're, way? You're on right now. You're it. Cool. Is this Neil? Yes, sir. Okay, I've got uh, I've got a vote uh, in your poll. Uh, I don't know if it's been mentioned because I just tuned in a few minutes. Okay. The house, the house of Sand and Fog, is got to be the most depressing movie in years. Even though it's a fantastic movie, but it is you're gonna walk out of there and you won't want to eat food for hours. It's, it's yeah. such a down movie. The house of Sand and Fog. Yeah, it's with uh, Ben Kingsley. He gives a fantastic oh. performance. But yes, it is, he is. It is so so depressing. <laughs> okay, thanks for the good news. I'm gonna go see it right after the show. Please, bye. Thanks. House of Sand and Fog. Oh, another one that's got to be really depressing is what about uh, train spotting? Isn't that depressing? Unless, of course, you like <coughs> that stuff. Yeah, it's depressing, I, I reckon. Not good enough to be on the list, though? Sure, why not? 5670560. Oh, pound 560 on the AT&T. I was just joking about Sophia Coppola. That young lady looks a little bit like her. Has oh, a much lovelier nose. Scared huh? me. What do you mean by that? You are so slow. It is just, I it's just it was amazing. Doing in my sleep again. I think that bad bowel movement you had this morning is uh, a bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, like. It's it being good, in that studio. You're starting to get, get this crap. Was it good? It was great. You better talk about it right now and before that meeting ends. It was so antiseptic. WQAM, hello. But talk to uh, Josh about it, not us. WQAM, hello. So anyway, Josh. Hello. Yes, sir. Hey, Neil. Yes. Hey, what's up? How you doing? All right. Uh, most depressing movie. Uh, does this also count, like, as uh, independent film, like, you know, like uh, maybe Spanish film with, like, English subtitles? Well, I mean, if nobody ever heard of it, it's not going to do too well in the pool, you know what I mean? Okay. Well, the uh -huh. most depressing movie I've ever seen is called The Lovers. Okay. It's, it's 1992, and it was made in Spain, and it's got English subtitles. That is the most depressing uh, movie that I've ever seen. If, if okay. Talking, huh? I said thanks a lot and have a great okay. day. Five six seven oh five sixty. The lovers. Okay, nobody's going to vote for it except him, but that's okay. He. Uh, that's what we're asking a question. He gave us only one, solamente uno, right? Right. We'll take it. What was the most depressing movie ever made? And I'm telling you right now. Of course, I could be wrong. I've been wrong uh, every day in my life, but I don't think they're going to beat Sarah. No, they're not going to. And this is certainly a uh, balance. Speak to us, Sarah, please. Say something. <laughs> I'm going to be on television. Please tell me when. It's a beautiful thing. Red dress. I, uh, you know, the fact that Miguel didn't like that movie fits in so perfectly, you know, with his problems. 
Four minutes till noon. He's a great kid. He's uh, looks great. All the other stuff. He's very gung ho. He's enthusiastic. All the, you know, I love him. But he's he's got some. He he needs a lobotomy. He really does. In fact, maybe we can give him that shock treatment that Sarah and uh, uh, Sheridan are getting. You no, know, he's young yet. Give him time. Is that what it is? Yeah. Young and hung. I don't know about that. And full of fun. Well, maybe somebody in the building will find out. Ask Freaky Carlos. He's probably been checking. Although he did pregger up his wife, so it must be. He must have something. Enough, yes. Maybe it's in a test tube. Anyway, here's something that's great, and that's the Lights of West Boca. That's the number one low-carb sugar-free store in the world. Speaking of Dr. Atkins, rest in peace. There are zillions of people all over this universe that are on the Atkins or some other low-carb diet. The South Beach diet, I'm so sorry I mentioned that because it's nothing but a cheap riff-off. But if you want to, you know, if you want to buy the book and read about a lot of local restaurants on South Beach that schmooze with the uh, author, go right ahead and have a good time. Anyway, they've got over a thousand low-carb products in this store, which is going to help you stay in your low-carb diet because it gives you the variety you need. It gives you some items with some taste instead of the same boring meat and cheese and seafood and seafood and meat and cheese and butter and bacon and that stuff. At Delights, they got breads and bagels, cookies and crackers, chips and brownies, chocolates, ice cream, pasta sauces, ketchup, cheesecakes, and tons more. At, 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 uh, at Atkins, right, at the Delights, they offer you the widest selection. They're open every day, seven days a week from 10 to 10. You can sample anything in the store before you buy it, and their staff knows the Atkins diet and all the other low-carb diets inside and out. And all the Atkins products, they got the biggest selection anywhere, and they're on sale all day, every day, even on Purim. So if you want to head for the number one low-carb sugar-free store, this is it. Make no mistake about it. Delights of West Boca, you'll find them on the northeast corner of Glades and 441, right next to prestigious Boston Market, or call them toll-free, 1-877-LOW-CARB. That's with a W, L-O-W-C-A-R-B, or on the web, it's lowcarb.com. Don't forget, there's only one Delights of West Book. It's your official Atkins Rest in Peace Retail Center. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. This is Dave Goldstein, but you can call me Geldy. Whenever I'm in town, I listen to... Wait a minute, I am in town. It's the 12 to 1 hour. Dot! Water. Fourteen feet above the keel in ten minutes. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. In a four-peak, in all three holes, and in boiler room six. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. When can we get underway, damn it? Get that finger out of your ear. You don't know where that finger's been. That's five compartments, and it looks like a big tile and all. She can stay afloat with the first four compartments breached, but not five. It happened to Barbara Stanwyck. Not five. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. The water will spill over the tops of the bulkheads. There's no stopping it. Nick, Keith, Jared, there's a fire in the from this moment, no matter what we do. Me, John, big tree. Titanic, we'll founder. I just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Well, I believe you may get your headlines, Mr. Ismay. There's a sale at Penny's. Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls wearing this. Where did you get that dress? It's awful. And those shoes and that coat. Jeez. <laughs> Bravo 2 at 560 WQAM. Well, the reason I play that is somebody said Titanic. <clears throat> and that was kind of like uh, a twofer on that bit. But I got the winner right here. Nobody's going to vote for it because nobody has seen it. And you know what? It's a good thing. Mike, you got the winner. The most depressing film ever was Death in Venice. Ever see it? No. Don't. Okay. Well, it's a fag thing. Okay. Safe. Oh, it is so depressing. They, at the end of that movie, you just want to blow your brains out. It's about this old queen, and he's in Venice, Italy, and he he sees this young, very feminine-looking boy who's there with a, a teenage kid about, I don't know, 14, 15. I'm already disgusted and depressed. Who's already there. With, he's there with his parents, and they're on this fancy hotel on the beach. And he keeps 
eyeing and oogling and uh, nothing ever happens. And then, then he goes down to the beach and come to find out that the uh, young kid's got a boyfriend who's even a little more uh, fey than he is. At any rate, and it just, and he, in the end, he dies, of course. I'm telling you, I'm spoiling the end for you because uh, no, you're not. I don't want you to see it. It's very depressing. It's morbid. It's sick. Death in Venice. You got the winner, Mike. Nice job. Boy, you got faxes up the ass here. Yeah, they're still coming out here. Wow. They're coming out of your ass? By the way, Rack one copy's enough. Thank you. <clears throat> I've seen a lot of depressing films, says this one, almost all on your current list. But as far as uh, fiction goes, the clear winner of uh, a film two years ago called The Gray Zone. Well, Death in Venice was the gay zone. Well, this one is called the Gray Zone. It tells the based on truth story of Sonder Commando, uh, the Sonder Commando squads at Auschwitz. These were the Jewish prisoners who, in exchange for an extra three months of life, worked for the Nazis. I wonder if Dick Cheney uh, supervised. They didn't kill or torture other prisoners. Instead, their job duties included the following, leading the new arrivals to the gas chambers with soothing lies, emptying the gas chambers after the mass murders, pushing the bodies into the ovens and dumping the ashes into the river, and you thought your job sucked. It has Harvey Keitel, Mira Sorvino, Steve Buscemi, Natasha Lyonne, and David Arquette in the cast. It's called The Gray Zone. It's on HBO2 this month a couple of more times. It says, I recommend hiding the razor blades before watching. Thank you. Also, Jerry Benitez Springs says, I'd like to suggest the hours for today's most depressing movie pool, uh, starring Nicole Kidman, Julianne Moore, and Meryl Streep. There she is again. Your favorite. Yeah. As three disturbed women in three different decades. They all were affected by the writings of Virginia Woolf, played by Kidman. A very disturbing and depressing movie. Morbid and depressing. Thanks, Jerry. Mike says, uh, the, a low-budget film that debuted in the 80s called The Last American Virgin. The title is misleading. Perhaps George may recall. You recall? Yes, and they're absolutely right. Boy, howdy, depressing. It says, I was eight years old at the time, was just devastated by the ending. In short, it features a teen who supports the young lady he loves, who happens to be pregnant by the high school quarterback. His although the quarter, It wasn't Willie Williams. Uh, the supporting teen pawns his, per he was not a quarterback. The supporting teen pawns his personal belongings, relinquishes his savings and pays for the abortion. He provides undying spiritual and emotional support to her, and the two begin a relationship. Ultimately, the movie ends at a party, with the young woman ungratefully kissing the teen who impregnated her, leaving the other young man devastated and heartbroken. Sure. Says, usually movies end happily. This one did not, and I remember it still, says Mike. He's pressing and hitting damn close to home for a lot of us. Oh. Rick says he's got two. Well, well, the second one, he can't remember the name. That's good. Coming home with Bruce Dern and Jane Fonda. Well, who the hell would want to come home with either one of them? Well, maybe Jane Fonda if she'd keep her trap shut, I guess, huh? Hey, we got uh, topless pictures of her. Well, that's coming soon. Squirt, squirt. Ted Turner will be pissed. Well, he don't care anymore, I guess. Hector says that my most depressing movie... Ha oh, yeah, this is a good one. Love Story with Ryan O'Neill and uh, Don't Tell Me. I can see her right now. She, what, what, did she, what happened to her? Muhammad Ali McGraw. Whatever happened to Ali McGraw? She got old and married somebody. Oh. I mean, I think in the other order, though. And who else was in that? Ray Milland played the obnoxious father. Remember that? No. You don't remember Ray Milland? No, I don't remember that movie. I think. I was oh yeah, he was an, an asshole, man. He was great. Let's see. Nancy says my friend's most de uh, depressing movie was JFK. Mine was What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams. Oh, any movie with Robin Williams, <laughs> except Patch, uh, Doctor Patch, whatever that was. What was that movie? Patch Adams. Patch Adams. Was that? He was Kinda Grizzly. Are you I sure, we can say that. I'm gonna have to start today uh, okay. before the meeting ends. You know the one with Greg and Joe Rose. Also, Nancy says, I have my, I had to have my miniature pin, oh, I'm so sorry, Nancy. Had to have my min pin put to sleep last week. 
She lived, uh, I can't, and you find, is this on the original facts like this? She lived something, and I can't read that one sentence. I, I guess. Thought you'd appreciate that. You're the best. She lived, I, I just can't read uh, that sentence there. It's messed up on the facts. Sorry, Nancy. Nothing like a minpin to keep you uh, on your toes all the time. They're great. I'm going to say it again. Jason Williams should be put to death right now. Forget the trial. Forget all that chazarai. I wonder what they're doing on court TV. Are they doing Jason Williams or what? Okay. Good. Anyway. So, it's the Jason Williams trial. They're saying they're yucking it up. I know how I can mix up those names, okay? You got it. Okay. So now, do you go right or do you go left? Actually, uh... And they're, just, they're just yucking it up like uh, some big funny is going on there. Meaning went right and we went left because the Muhausen was driving and he thought that was the exit and they were going the wrong way. I want them to fry his ass on nation, on worldwide TV right at the stroke of midnight sure. tonight. Stir fry. John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath, quite a uh, depressing film. Great book, depressing. Well, the whole story is depressing, right? Yes. Uh, Mirabeth says, my poll uh, suggestion is Papillon with Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. Thanks, Mirabeth. Got a nice note on here. Titanic. Chris said Titanic uh, dick or whatever that bit is we got. Titanic. Uh, Lynn says Cuckoo's Nest. Everybody's in on this today. Yeah, nice one, like Sean. Great poll. 20 faxes huh? on it, too. On what? Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. Well, it was it was depressing, but it was also I don't know. It, it was you're right. It was, it was really depressing. It was bittersweet, but depressing overall. Although I liked it when the uh, Indian was chewing the gum. Juicy fruit. Juicy fruit. <laughs> you <laughs> sly <laughs> son of a bitch, chief. <laughs> Let's see. The crossing guard with Jack Nicholson. Everybody loves Jack Nicholson. They just he's just so he is. He's him. The crossing guard, directed by Sean Penn. It says gut wrenching. Says chronic uh, factor Todd in Hollywood. Who's uh, got the hots for Julia Yarbrough on the WB News? Uh, let's see. Oh, Earl, one of our blacklisters, was the one who sent Philadelphia before with Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington. Thanks, Earl. So there you go. That takes care of the faxes. God Almighty, we're gonna have a zillion. How many thousand uh, names on here? About thirty. Man. A lot of depressing movies. Okay, that didn't end exactly the way George wanted them to. Right. Now, how's How's Magnolia? I don't think anybody has seen Magnolia. It's too long. A couple of people well, have seen it, and then they told everybody else how bad it was, and so nobody saw it anymore. <laughs> asshole. This is an asshole, man. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. See, I finally got him to admit that he hated that movie. All of these months, man, you were sucking up, sucking up, pretending you liked the movie. Hey, you're not the only one that can just make stuff up. What does that mean? You make stuff up all the time. Such as? Like, I like uh, Midnight Express because of all the uh, prison faggery, for example. Just well, recent. Valley of the Dolls, the Sharon Tate story was on A&E last night. Oh, I've seen that about a million times, the Sharon Tate story. Valley of the Dolls. That's depressing. How come uh, Charles Manson's still alive? Oh, I know they didn't have the death penalty or whatever, yada, right? Isn't that what he, he was? He was a musician because he uh, had some songs. Oh, that's right. And his sister Marilyn was pretty good, too. Most depressing movie, Born Free, says Phil and uh, Mudgate. What the hell was that about? The Lions. Oh. Yeah, I knew it was an animal story. Elsa, the Lion. Ethan the... says the most depressing... Oh, speaking of that, here's another one. Old Yeller. Yeah. What's he's... more depressing than shooting a dog? Right I don't on, know. Ethan. Ask Justin Williams. Uh, Jason, whatever his name is. Where will William. the Republicans put their campaigns? Big dog. Maybe they'll stick it in your oh, butt. Oh, <laughs> Some of the main goals of a conservation office. Oh, they're in a break. I thought maybe Jason was going to shoot another dog there. 
right on uh, TV, right in the courtroom. You're telling me that nothing happened? Let's see, P.S. it says from Ethan, the picture generated for Connolly should have been for the dildo scene from Requiem for Dream. Oh, that's coming. we got a lot of time. We'll have a different one every day. Sure. Okay, right? But hey, but uh, Ethan brings up a good point. Like, you what know, is we're, that? We're trying to do something nice here, spruce up the website to give people something, like a little charge, whatever it is. And we're going to have a lot of second-guessers like Ethan saying that you should do this and you should do that. I think Ethan uh, should start his own website and put pictures on there. Well, you stop picking on Ethan. He's, he's, he just is a suggestion, that's all. Yeah, suggest this. He wants to ask to ask. So Maybe his to yours. How do you like that? Ah. He's, got a, he's got a big uh, instrument. He borrowed it from Celia Cruz. She don't need it no more. See, if you'd stop picking on Celia Cruz, our Latino audience would come back. We'd have a 40 share in the next book, I'll tell you right now. I ain't going to do it. Ain't going to do it? I ain't going to. We love Celia Cruz. She'd be the best. No Twelve minutes past noon at 560 WQM. I'll tell you who's the worst, and that's Todd Dreck, man. When they, in fact, when they invented that word Dreck, there's a picture of his name right next to it. Last time you looked at it, guys, you decided it just ain't what it used to be. It doesn't impress women, definitely doesn't last as long as it used to. And, of course, we're talking about your paycheck, of course. Yup, yup, yup. Call Fast Train toll-free at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. Why the hell they pay him money? I have no idea, you know? He must have naked pictures of those people. See. Call Fast Train toll-free at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN to start a brand-new high-paying computer career. In just four short months, Fast Train can help you get yourself a new career with a new life and a big, fat one, too, a big, fat paycheck. Georgia Ward, your big, fat one, and you can smoke it to celebrate. The demand for computer professionals is growing like crazy, and it's just uh, no end in sight. So pick up that phone right now and get out of your dead-end job. Get out of that rut that your life is stuck in. Call Fast Train at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. And with seven locations around town, there's bound to be a campus nearby you. Fast Train offers job placement, financial assistance for people who qualify, and with day-night and weekend classes, there is no excuse to be working for peanuts no more. If you're registered now, you can have that new high-paying career. It's the middle of February. Let's see, May. Doesn't May come after February? March. August. Let's see, September. March, April, May, June. Like I said, by the middle of June. So call Fast Train now, and you can have a really big, impressive paycheck, too, and a real life, and maybe get lucky as well. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN or check them out on the web at FastTrain.com. Live and local, this is 560. The radio is all yours. QAM. You depress me. You say I'm right and then you always second guess me. Press me. 
bless me. So why am I in love with you? Depress me. You say I'm right, and then you always second guess me. Oh, I'll be even. I'll even give you back your car and call it even. All the depression all the time. 20 Thank past you. noon, you. you're welcome, no problem. 20 past noon at QAM. Captain Corelli's mandolin with Nicolas Cage and Penelope Cruz and Celia Cruz. It says, I wanted to blow my brains out. <laughs> then we got Manny from Miami. He says, one of the most depressing films I've seen is that City of Angels starring Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. An angel gives it all up, becomes a human so he can be together with Meg. And after one night of passion, she goes off and gets hit by a truck while riding her bike. It says, wait, come to think of it, Meg Ryan getting hit by a bike, by a truck. Maybe I should rethink that. <laughs> Sounds like a comedy. Yeah. Uh, sad movie, says Jennifer in Boca. E.T., I cried my eyes out. P.S. Christian is a douchebag. Here's one that says, Bowling for Columbine was depressing. Needed to be made and watched it, but it is depressing. Absolutely correct. Hands down, winner says this. Facts, a beautiful mind. Correct. Well, we got a good list here going, you know. We got it. Here's the double-digit one so far. What was the most depressing movie ever made? Uh, we'll start from the bottom. Deliverance, 10. American History, X, 11. Casualties of War and Magnolia each have 12. Saving Privates, or uh, Ryan's Privates, 14. And Looking for Mr. Goodrange, 14. Sophie's Choice, 15. Midnight Cowboy, 18. Brian's Song, 25. Philadelphia, 29. Midnight Express, 31. Terms of Endearment, 34. And Requiem for a Dream. Oh! All right, 49. You know what I ever saw Terms of Endearment as famous and uh, highly touted as it yeah. is? Yeah. Did you? Wasn't that with uh, Shirley MacLaine? See. And Jack Nicholson. Didn't see it. Neither. Now, that wasn't the ones where uh, she was uh, doing her thing on the bed, was it? No, that was being there with Peter Sellers. Oh. She was doing it on the bed and on the floor and all over the place. And he liked to watch. Right. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Here's that famous line nine again. QAM. Hey, Dio, how you doing today? Pretty good, sir. You gotta put beaches on that list. Okay. And as far as Jason Williams, how the hell is he allowed to even possess a gun until uh, all the rest of it comes down? Exactly. You know, what a douchebag. Because he's right, in later. the NBA. Thanks a lot, Pally. Because he's a big NBA star, man. That's why. Nobody's going to mess with his piece. Boy, they should do a lot of commercials on the uh, on court TV, you know. Every time I flip yeah, over there and try to, like, just put a little bit of it on the air, I'll well, guarantee you one thing. If I flipped over to Playboy TV right now, yeah. there wouldn't be no commercial. Well, the thing with court TV is they hate to interrupt any real court action, so they uh, they wait for a lull, then they pan a bunch of spots in there. I see. Well, there's no lull in the action on uh, Playboy TV right now. This is probably the last day you'll be able to hear any of the audio from Playboy TV, even the music, because... 
Michael Powell's going to be really porked off when he finds out about this. Five six seven oh five sixty pound pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon Wireless line. I well look at a little of that trial on again. When if and when it ever comes back on, there it is. Okay. 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 You want to see tag me a boob on C-SPAN? Okay, right now. now he's on what? C-SPAN. C-SPAN. How the can I do that? I don't got no C-SPAN. I don't know what channel it is here on the cable. I don't want it. I want to see Jason Williams get uh, what he's got coming to him. I'm looking over the area, basically. And what I'm looking over the area again. The medics are there. You've already done that. What do you do then? Uh, again, I'm looking at the area, and uh, that's when I'm just not making mental notes. See, maybe somebody in this audience can explain to me why this man wasn't charged with a crime, or if he was, what the hell happened with shooting his dog and killing a dog? Can somebody explain that to me, please? Sports. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Uh, worst movies. The more depressing movies. you got to give me Castaway and The Green Mile, both Tom Hanks flicks. Okay, thanks, amigo. Castaway and The Green Mile. He did, too, but that's okay. He meant well. Unlike uh, Jason Williams. Names, as far as all the individuals that were. This is Trooper Melvin Sanders who responded to the crime scene. Did you see, but then did you see Mr. Williams? How... You said you went in, you went around the room, and later you went back to collect the names. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that what I'm trying to get at is, before you went in to get the names, did you see Mr. Williams in the bedroom? Was he in the bedroom? Right. No, sir. Did, did you ever see Mr. Williams in the bedroom? Uh, from that point, yes. At the point when I brought Mr. Williams back into the bedroom. You brought him from the dining room back into the bedroom? Yes, sir. Okay. So now... Before that, you would only talk to him for one quick second before you went in to see Mulhausen. Isn't that true? Quick seconds, yes, sir. Right, okay. So you went in to see Mulhausen. Now you bring him back in the bedroom. Now you can tell me... What... You know what I think is going to happen to Jason Williams? What do you think is going to happen? Nothing. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Let's see. Here's one from Mark and Stevie. Here's our picks. The Conformist Italy and uh, Easy Rider USA. The Conformist Italian. Well, we don't want to put Italian movies on there, do we? Uh, nobody's heard of that. You ever hear that movie? No. No. Easy Rider. As far right. as pirate radio, how's about a pirate woodpecker to jam all those lousy radio stations back to the Stone Age? Thanks, Mark and Stevie of the highly rated pirate radio show. <laughs> five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon Wireless line. 1226 at QAM. Hey, if your carpets look like they just came from the Stone Age, if they need a little bit of help, call the people at Dry Concepts. Please do yourself a favor. Don't just go to the Yellow Pages and play Russian roulette with those expensive carpets because you'll be real sorry that you did. Dry Concepts is the best in the business at bringing your carpeting back to life and looking just like brand new. That's why I've used them in my homes for over 20 years and why they've been around in town while the others have come and gone like crazy. Using Dry Concepts, certified trained technicians that will dry clean your carpet just like they dry clean your carpeting. They leave them looking just like brand new, vibrant and color, soft to the touch, smelling lemony fresh. They're drying a couple of hours. It's like a miracle performed right there in your house. And they do a stupendous job on your area rugs, on your furniture, your drapery, your upholstery, all of these things. And when you call Dry Concepts next time, be sure and ask them to put you on your standby list. You can save 15% on your next carpet cleaning with Dry Concepts. They give you a guaranteed written price up front. They do the most phenomenal job ever seen by man. How can you beat it? What's not to like? 
Call them at their toll-free number. You'll thank me for turning you on to dry concepts to the best in the world. Call toll-free 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071. Or check them out on the web at dryconcepts.com. Sports Radio 560, QAM. Showed her right melon. That man was a great. Had an areola like a big dinner plate. Janet's right, Tata, grabbed every headline. Wonder if she'll help CBS pay the fine. First, she denied it, said it was a mistake. A costume malfunction, said Justin Timberlake. But now they've admitted they flashed for the two. It'll be the Super Bowl, remembered for the boom. The FCC says it was indecency, soft pornography, big yip, one nip. I'll never forget that infamous tug. I'll remember this game for seeing Janet's Jug. All right. 1232. Oh, I love those abrupt ones, man. They just uh, make my kishkis uh, twist. Lobbying heats up as Massachusetts prepares to take up gay marriage ban. As the hours tick down, the lobbying at the Massachusetts State House ratcheted up all in effort <clears throat> to sway lawmakers on the brink of voting today on a constitutional amendment that would ban gay marriages. There's only one problem with all this. You know what that is? What's that? If they pass this constitutional amendment, it would, it would begin in uh, in Massachusetts in 2006. According mm. to the state Supreme Court ruling, the gay marriages can begin in May. So there are going to be people getting married between mm. May of this year and 2006. And what happens then? Annulment or something new. I see. That's even worse than annulment. A joint session of the House and Senate and the Constitutional Convention uh, begins this afternoon, just a week after the state's highest court ruled that nothing short of marriage will be legal under the current Massachusetts uh, Constitution. Uh. Already by this morning, the antennas and satellite dishes more than a dozen TV trucks lined streets on Beacon Hill, and busloads of people on both sides of the issue began flocking to the state house. Civil marriage is a civil right, proclaimed a banner from the uh, Unitarian Universalist Association chants of, Hey, hey, ho, ho, homophobia's got to go. Don't you love those uh, chants? Hey, hey, ho, ho. What do we want? When do we want it? Uh, stick it up your ass. Next to the group was one woman who held a poster that said, Honor thy father and mother, your mama. A handful of opponents to the amendment stood in front of the state house steps, receiving an occasional honk from passing cars, from honkies in cars. I'm against discrimination in any form. I don't care if you're purple, green, yellow, polka-dotted. We're all taxpaying citizens with rights at Karen Duell 49 of Andover. James Miola, 57, of West Boston, a health care administrator in a pinstripe suit with a tie with Bible passages printed on it, was one of the people who were selected to sit in the House gallery during the debate. <laughs> he's wearing a tie with Bible passages on it. I wonder what side of the issue he's on. He said, God has laid down the moral absolutes for all mankind and his holy scriptures, and the cornerstone of civilization is the institution established by God called the family. 
He warned that if man stops following the moral spiritual laws established by God, judgment will come just like Sodom and Gomorrah. Who are they? A couple of geeks. A couple of fags. The court's original landmark ruling in November in a follow-up advisory opinion last week intensified efforts to place a ban on gay marriage in the books, all while scores of same-sex couples across the state prepared to begin taking wedding vows as early as mid-May. The latest maneuvering came yesterday afternoon from a bipartisan group of state Senate leaders who sought a middle ground, proposing a compromise that would ban same-sex marriage but establish civil unions. I don't know why they're wasting their time with that, because the court is going to say, uh-uh, they already said they ain't going to cut it. Ain't going to cut it. <laughs> and, of course, you know, the Republicans are salivating on this because they're just waiting to hang this like an albatross around John Kerry's right. neck. You know that, don't you? It's going to backfire. <clears throat> and, speaking of that, speaking of good friendly Republicans, President Bush plans to endorse on the national level a constitutional amendment that would define marriage as the union of a man and a woman in response to that Massachusetts court decision requiring legal recognition of gay marriages in that state, key advisors said yesterday. Bush plans to endorse language introduced by Representative Marilyn Musgrave, Republican of Colorado, that backers contend would ban gay marriage but not prevent state legislatures from allowing the kind of civil unions and same-sex partnership uh, arrangements that exist in Vermont and California. Bush has moved incrementally over seven months toward embracing a ban on gay marriage, and advisors said he will clarify his position with a pubic statement shortly. We'd like to see Congress take it up, and the president will be supportive, a top Republican official said. We would like to see both chambers act sooner rather than later. Bush's move could put cultural issues at the forefront of an election year that's been dominated by economic and national security issues. That's right, he sure as hell wants to talk about this a hell of a lot more than that failed uh, Iraq attack and about the economy and all them three million lost jobs. And all those lies, all of these things, and Enron, all of these things. The White House strategy designed to minimize alienation of moderate voters calls for emphasizing that Bush is for traditional marriage, not against gay people. Oh, no. Opinion polls have found widely varying support for a constitutional amendment, depending on the way the question is phrased, suggesting that voters have ambiguous feelings on the subject, and maybe maybe they have bigger fish to fry, you know what? Republican mm, officials said Bush's decision to proceed now was driven partly by his desire to start the general election campaign on a fresh issue, in other words, bigotry, at a time when his credibility has been battered by questions about pre-war warnings of unconventional weapons in Iraq, as well as gaps in documents about his National Guard service. Never even talked about that, did we today yet? No, not yet. Well, you know, those documents they released yesterday proved nothing. Oh, come on. And I'll say it again, the people who were there in Alabama... And in Houston, where he contends that he uh, fulfilled his guard uh, duty, uh, they don't remember him being there any more than they did yesterday or a week ago, circus or any other time before they uh, came out with these documents. That sounds like duty. All it proved was that he got paid. Well, what the hell does that mean? Does that mean that he was there? No. Does that prove anything? No. That he actually showed up? No. no. In addition, which it, does, it doesn't address the lie about leaving early to go to Harvard Business School, uh, Law School, because uh, he didn't do that till a year later. What about the honorable discharge? Yeah, that's right. That proves it to me. I had one the other day. The fix was, I had one this morning. It was very honorable. Well, I didn't have that kind. Here's a fax from Rick that says the most depressing movie I've ever seen would be The Professional starring Janet Reno. I mean, Gene Reno <laughs> and Gary Oldman. If you haven't seen it, lock up all the knives, guns, and anything with a point, not to mention nailing down all the windows. Well, there's a Colin Rowland. I spent days out with the best of our analysts, with Director Tennant, with Deputy Director McLaughlin, out at the CIA, going over the case. And duck hunting, no doubt, with the vice president. It says, uh, I was watching the morning show on CBS. They interviewed Dr. Rice and just had her on the ropes with all the questions about Bush. What really got to her was the poll showing 55% of Americans not trusting President Bush. Her only answer was that Sodom was a very bad man. 
I fell off my chair and pooped my points, Rick says. How the worm has turned. I guess the media is starting to realize the jig is up and trying to cozy up to the Democrats Can't now. Yeah, which, whichever way the wind is blowing, what? Can't say that word. What? All Democrats? 5670560. Oh, We're looking for the most depressing movie of all time. WQAM, hello. Uh, yeah, speaking, Neil. Speaking. Oh, um, I did a uh, movie for the poll. Go right ahead. Um, Bang It Up Slowly with uh, Michael Moriarty and uh, Bobby De Niro. What is it? Bang Yourself Slowly? No, Bang the Drum Slowly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, okay. uh, it was a remake from a um, uh, one of those uh, live TV things when I was old as you, when they did live TV. Well, it must be depressing because it sounds like you're still a little bit morose about it. Okay, thanks a lot, uh, Pally. Have a great day. Yeah, he did say bang yourself slowly. He was being a little so bit funny there. Right. Just saying, little, uh, not okay. real funny, not a hysterical well, fall down funny. You, he said. Right. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. Requiem for Dream may be uncatchable, 54. Terms of Endearment, 35. Midnight Express, 33. Brian Song's got about 30, man. Philadelphia 29. Nobody else, uh, no little contender with the other one so far. Five, six, oh, better do the break, right? I'll yeah. pull in Paula Sands. Obligations as contained in 12 years of U.N. resolutions. <laughs> yeah, they sure got to him, boy. Talk about a sellout. In the morning that one day, he says, uh, well, you know something? They didn't find any weapons. Uh, if I'd have known that, we wouldn't have gone to war. It was bad information. We got bad advice. And then all of a sudden, by noon, bada beep, bada boop, right. he's uh, singing the right tune. All his I guess somebody members, made him an offer he couldn't refuse. What? Are all his family members, like, accounted for? Well, we know where his son is. Yeah. Kevin Spacey, it says, the worst. Pay it forward. Oh. Oh. Seen not, it? Not, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm sorry to say. Not only does it fit the list, but it's just one of these movies like El Norte, which is just nothing but the entire length of the movie is set up for a giant, giant, you know, kick in the stomach. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's touting, oh, it's such a great movie. It's criminal. But it sucked. Oh, hard. Harshly. Uh, Bob in Fort Lauderdale says, Jennifer Connelly is the backdrop on my computer when the corporate snoops aren't around. Great choice. Also, he says, Full Metal Jacket. Depressing. Yes, indeed. <coughs> it was depressing? Yes, it was. How about the one that Sheridan's wearing on Passion, the Full Metal Straight Jacket? 19 to 1 at 560 WQM. Guys, Valentine's Day is this Saturday. It's only a couple of days away, but... You still have a chance. You still have time to do the right thing. Hope you're not thinking about giving the same old tired flowers or candy this year, unless you're planning on getting nothing in return like you usually do. Here are three words you need to remember. Vermont teddy bear. Send her a bear gram at work, the lover boy bear, the love bandit bear, the new all-star valentine dressed like a sports fan. When it gets there, she'll be completely surprised and shocked, and all of her co-workers will think you're the greatest guy because you sent her such an original, thoughtful gift, even if you're a schmuck. Then maybe she'll give you the gift that you're hoping and praying for. So just call 1-800-829-BEAR. And a friendly bear council will help you choose the perfect bear for your Valentine delivered with a free chocolate in their famous gift box. And there ain't nothing better than a gift box. It only takes five minutes to order. Overnight delivery to the home or the office is guaranteed. And like I keep telling you, you still have time. So call 1-800-829-BEAR or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. Send your Valentine this year, the creative alternative to flowers or chocolate. That's 1-800-829-BEAR. And be sure and tell them that old Neil told you to call. 1-800-829-BEAR. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story. They 
were the daughters of famous rock stars from the 60s. And boy, can that make it difficult to succeed in the music industry. Not. They were Wilson Phillips. Look, I don't want anybody thinking that. Um, I just don't want anybody thinking. China Phillips, daughter of the mamas and the papas, Papa John Phillips, formed Wilson Phillips with her friends Carney and Wendy Wilson, daughters of Beach Boy Brian Wilson. Wow, Beach Boy Brian Wilson. Try saying that three times fast. Beach Boy Brian Wilson, Beach Boy Brian Wilson, Beach Boy Brian Wilson. Hey, I did it. All I'm saying is that the music industry is really hard. I mean, it didn't matter who our parents were. We had a struggle, just like everybody else. Yeah, uh-huh. That's right, yeah. Yeah, we couldn't get anyone to listen to our demo. Yeah, except Ronnie over at Warner Brothers, Vic at A&M, Leslie over at Asylum, uh, Jack at Chrysalis, Leonard at MCA, uh, Roy at Mercury uh, Records. And then later, Carney Wilson got famous for not being fat anymore. Any questions? It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business tonight on Inside the Behind. Oh, this just in. The British royal family has announced they've discovered the reason that uh, Princess Diana died. Yeah. It was a suicide. <laughs> I see. Let's see. Here's what it says. I'd like to add a movie to the pool of Mice and Men, the most depressing movie I ever have seen. Of Mice there. and Men. Great movie. Very sad. Most depressing, A Clockwork Orange. Um, I, oh, how? I don't know how. Okay, we'll put oh, it on sure. there. I didn't yeah. think it was depressing. I thought it was very entertaining. Everybody I thought it was there. fabulous. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a suicide, guys. <laughs> okay. Also, this also just in from Court TV. You know that dog that Jason Williams uh, don't have no more? Right. It was a suicide. <laughs> the most depressing by far, Gallipoli with Mel Gibson. Well, if Mel Gibson was in it, uh, I hate it already. Man, I just despise him. How, Before how even passion, okay? Before this passion of uh, uh, Jesus, I know you've, all, you've always hated him. Why is that? He's not never stole a freight train. I just don't like him. He right. just, uh, I just uh, rubs uh, you wrong. Rubbed you the wrong way once. He doesn't. He doesn't rub me. Uh, let's see. It says Sandra. Sanda, is that that name? Sanda. She says uh, with the Gallipoli, get the razor blades out. Oh, yeah. oh, look at this now. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, is the pre- Yeah, you're right. It is. Yes. I guess if you're, yes. especially if you're a sales hole, huh? Yes, it is. I think they ought to take our whole sales department and tie them to a chair and make them watch that, okay? Yeah. And when they start, when they all start screaming at Kevin Spacey, pretend they're screaming at them. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Right. Oh, God. Now, what is this? From Steve, suggestion for your list, the most depressing movie. Oh, the, the, this is good. Happiness, how could we have forgotten that? Sure. I must admit, I haven't seen Requiem for a Dream or Magnolia, so speaking from my personal experience, my vote is for happiness. Uh, depressing isn't even the word for it. Until you get to the dog. Right. Then it's a hoot. Why are so many of your listeners unable to differentiate between movies that are serious and even sad and those that are depressing? Breaker Miranda is an excellent, serious movie, regardless of what George says. I just thought it was and, boring. And yes, the protagonists die in the end, but it's not depressing. You're, I guess you're just grateful that they died already? I'm, I'm grateful that the movie ended already. Their indomitable, that's what I meant. Their indomitable spirit in the face of an unwinnable situation renders their story heroic, tragic but heroic. The Grapes of Wrath again depicts people with indomitable spirit facing nearly overwhelming forces. This time, poor folks in the Great Depression. Uh, that's depression, not depressing. And in fact, ends with one of the more famous uplifting closing lines in the movies. We'll go on forever, Pa, because we're the people. Right on. Memento, Romeo and Juliet, Citizen Kane. These are serious, often sad movies. Masterpieces of cinematic storytelling, but depressing. Yeah, I thought Memento was very depressing. You didn't? 
Yeah, there was a lot. And I saw it forward and backward and upside down. A lot to be depressed about. It says, did they make you want to give up and try again in another life? Come on, people, learn some discernment. It said discernment, says Steve. So just my opinion, I could be wrong. So sorry, Neil, for the cultural reference to Dennis Miller, says Stephen Key West. Too many of them are margaritas, Steve. Right, he, he makes a good point, but not uh, not memento. That That's is depressing as hell. Sure. Unless, of course, you don't empathize with the character, which uh, with Guy uh, Madison. Which one? There are a lot of depressing stories. Guy Pierce. Guy Brosnan. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM. Hello. Uncle Neil, finally yes, got sir. through. I have one for your list. I cannot believe anyone didn't pick this movie. It's a no-brainer. The Deer Hunter? Yeah. Suicide-inducing. Sure. And I have two two other ones that not really for the poll, but just um, to see if you guys had even heard of them, because I've seen them. One called The Little Match Girl. Oh, good God. That's I know. I've never heard it up is uh, making me want to commit suicide. I, really? I, I've never heard anybody talk about that. Well, movie. then let's put it on there. Maybe we can uh, do more than one. It's like a, a, a children's story, for Christ's sake. Why would you tell that to a child? It's what, very what depressing. It? Very depressing movie. And also, there's one a science fiction movie with Bruce Dern called Silent Running. Oh yeah, that's a oh. great movie. Thought I'd, thought I'd chime in on those guys. Okay, Have thanks a lot, pal. See, choices. Look. Sign of Running is a great movie. I haven't yes, seen it in a hundred years. That's a fabulous movie. Sure is. Depressing. Very, very oh. depressing. Oh. It's enough to make you want to send Jason Williams to Mars, you know what, right away. No matter if he was under the influence or not. Gene, one point with respect to style in this courtroom. I noticed that the prosecutor's a pretty straightforward guy. Steve, The prosecutor's a pretty straight guy. Okay, that's important. Keep that in mind. And the dog is still dead. It was a suicide. <laughs> WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. I got one. I'm a long time, second time, but uh, okay. Uh, Sophie's Choice. I think it's on there. I'm pretty sure it's on there. Yeah, it is. Oh, is it really? Okay, sorry about and you'll be, that. And you'll be pleased to know it's doing well. It's got 18 votes. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Sophie's Choice is doing good. I should read the results more often, but there's like about 100 of them on here. And, of course, uh, the good news is Josh is putting these on, and we don't have to pester Eric with all of this, okay? Because Eric is too busy uh, making up a bunch of naked pictures. 420 votes. There's a whole bunch of them don't have any yet. I mean, they will by the time we come on tomorrow morning, but uh, a whole bunch of them got none. Requiem for Dream 56, Terms of Endearment 37, Midnight Express 34, the most depressing movie ever, Brian Song 32, Philadelphia 31, Midnight Cowboy 19, Saving Ryan's Privates 18, Sophie's Choice 18, Looking for Mr. Goodrange 15, Magnolia 12, Casualties Award 12, American History X 11, Deliverance 11, Old Yeller 10, and Ordinary People 10. Everybody else in single digits, including Lenny, it's got seven, but nobody saw it. Lenny Bruce, man, died of a broken heart, a broken man. Yep. The government destroyed him. And that was a zillion years ago, and here we are in 2004, and we've got this same crap going on today. Grow up America, man, before it's too late. Wake up. Sniff the daffodils. And that fact that somebody sent in about John Kerry, that was the most, I didn't even read it. That was the most asinine bunch of crap about him being uh, like the Republicans and all this other bull crap and about Sharpton and Kucinich, this and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a life, man. Get with it. That's your choice. That's going to be the choice. Kerry and Edwards or Bush, Cheney, Junta again. That's going to be the choice. Is it the best choice? No. But that's going to be the choice. So you finger it out, okay? Get your finger out of your ass and vote 40, 50 times just to make sure. 
Oh, it smells bad. It smells like lilacs. WQAM, hello. Not there on line one. That line one, man, it disconnected. Cuts off real bad. We're doing screenless this year, by the way, at least until next year. Until, uh, until, uh, they did, Michael Powell tells us it's against the law. WQAM, hello. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. The saddest movie I ever saw was Bambi. <laughs> Bambi He's right. Sad. Yeah, he He's is. right. Bambi. Bambi is sad, and so was he. Okay, you're right, sir. Run, you're right. Run, that was Cedar Cruz's grandpa. Run, wasn't it? WQM, hello. Um, yes, sir. The sorrow and the pity. The sorrow and the pity. It already sounds depressing. Very depressing. Who's in it? It's a documentary about the French collaboration with the Nazis in World War II. Okay, thanks a lot, Pally. You bet. Parlez vous français? Oui, oui. They like the wee oui, wee. Oui. Rose does. Yeah, before, that's right. Before I found out, what is he, uh, English, uh, Irish, something like that? Something like that. Joe Rose? I like the wee oui, wee. Oui. And then as soon as he said that, I found out he was French. I like the wee oui, wee. Oui. French lawmakers, by the way, vote overwhelmingly to ban religious apparel in public school. All right. I say, you go, boys. You go, frogs. France's lower house of parliament voted overwhelmingly yesterday to ban students from wearing Islamic headscarves and any other religious apparel in pubic schools. And, of course, if we say that in the U.S., oh, boy. Can you imagine the Fuhrer? I can see him. And what his reaction is going to be? The classroom ban, which also applies to Jewish skull caps and large Christian crosses, those big, gigantic crucifixes that chase away Dracula, was approved 494 to 36. In early March, the measure will go to the Senate where there's little opposition. In other words, it's in. It's in. It stipulates that in schools, junior high schools and high schools, signs and dress that conspicuously show the religious affiliation of students are verboten, forbidden, nished. It would not apply to students in private schools, of course, or to French schools in other countries, because other countries are obsessed with that religious crap, especially the good old USA. Live, live and local. Sports Radio 560 QAM. The one to do our. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, I want to try something right now. Never really been done before. I'm going to sing something, and then I'll grab across your boobies and make one of them flop out for all the families to see at home. And then when I'm oblivious to the outrage, I'm going to tell Access Hollywood it was on purpose. But then the next day, I'm going to blame the whole thing on you, and the NFL will too, and so will CBS and MTV. And then I'm just going to say, It was so good, your malfunction, y'all, what was I to do? And the fans will say, I don't know how it happened, but at least I got to see food. <laughs> it's a minute after one at 560. Uh, WQM, we got the Mad Dog at two. Hank at four, unless uh, Willie Williams is uh, released for a few hours, because Willie's penciled in to be on from a two to seven today. The chairman of the FCC told lawmakers today that the Super Bowl halftime show was a new low, <clears throat> a new low for primetime TV. But several members of Congress said the FCC has failed to enforce decency standards. Testifying with the other four commissioners before the Senate Commerce Committee, Michael Powell, the unctuous one, said the FCC was investigating whether the show, which ended with Justin Tinkerbell tearing off part of Janet Jackson's top and exposing her right breast to 90 million TV viewers, 
violated indecency laws. The now infamous display during the Super Bowl halftime show, which represented a new low in primetime TV, is just the latest example in a growing list of deplorable incidents over the nation's airwaves, Powell said. Deplorable incidents. Yeah, I'm deplored. Uh, the FCC has received more than 200,000 complaints about the halftime show. Probably a lot of them who were complaining they didn't see the other breast. Powell said the commission has aggressively gone after indecency violators and would start doing more including fining broadcasters for each incident rather than each program and revoking licenses of some serial violators. We definitely need increased enforcement authority, Powell said, but at a House hearing later in the day, lawmakers slammed the FCC's enforcement efforts to date. The FCC has many numerous tools to enforce these important policy requirements, including the ability to revoke a station license, said Ed Markey, a Massachusetts Democrat, yet it's increasingly clear the paltry fines the FCC assesses have become nothing more than a joke. Last year, Markey said there were 240,000 complaints about 375 different programs. Only three notices went out. There's real no deterrent effect left, Markey said. This is especially true of the multi-billion conglomerates that control a multitude of stations. The halftime show at the Super Bowl is the proverbial last straw, said Joe Barton, Republican of Texas. The last straw. Ugh. The House panel is going to be hearing from the FCC commissioners. Paul Tagliaboob, oh, was he already on? Yes. <coughs> and Mel Carmison, president of Viacom, owner of both CBS, which aired the halftime show, and MTV, which produced it. He was also on. Mel was on? What did he say? He might still be on. Bada -boop, bada -boop. Like that. Well, put it on then. Oh, I forgot what channel it was. It took me an hour to find it. <coughs> huh? In this district and all my colleagues Michael to demonstrate McClude. a commitment to our retirees and join it. Mel's done. That has nothing to do with it. No. CBS gave everyone on the FCC, everyone in Congress, every parent's organization, every parent a slap in the face and said, go to hell, said that right-wing obnoxious L. Brent Bozell III, the turd. You turd. President of the Parents TV Council, a conservative right-wing advocacy wacko group. The wake-up alarm went off the FCC, Bozell said. Now what you're seeing are the commissioners taking a very strong public position on this. Yada, yada, yada. <coughs> and so it goes on. As the chilling effect of one, one and a half scene of a breast, America having a nervous breakdown while the rest of the world points their fingers and just falls down, <laughs> laughing their asses off at all of us. What a bunch of overgrown children, man. Grow up already. It was a little bitty. I keep threatening to play that. I guess I will. Why don't you? Because <coughs> I guess we we'll probably won't be able to after today. Who's WQAM, that? hello. Hey, yes, sir. Can you play the Willie Williams, I mean, the Ebonic song? WQAM, hello. QAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. I have a movie for your discussion <coughs> list. Go ahead. The I'm pianist. getting on it. What is it? The Pianist. The Penis? Yes, The Penis. The Pianist. Okay. okay, thank you, sir. All right. There's nothing more depressing than a pianist. That doesn't work. Leaving Las Vegas, says DP on a fax here. Leaving Las Vegas. Absolutely. Really? Yeah, good movie. Absolutely. Huh. Tragic. What's it about? Um, Leaving Las Vegas? Nicolas Cage goes to Las Vegas to drink himself to death, and then he yeah. does. When he does? And then he does. I'm not uh, too keen on him. He just, he leaves me limp. He's okay. Overrated. Yeah. He is he is to uh, male acting what Merle Streep is to female acting. Yeah, yeah he's okay. Here's one that says, first time facts or long time listener, another depressing movie for your poll, Murder in the First with Kevin Bacon. Never saw it. Hmm. I like Kevin Bacon. Josh saw it. Good flick. Yeah, good flick. 
Is it? But depressing? Yes, very. Kevin Bacon's pretty good. He used to be on uh, Guiding Light, by the way, for those who care. Anybody out there care? No. He's a good guy. Such a human. He is a good guy. He's great. He's a good actor. Mm -hmm. uh, the only the only thing he did that I hated was that Footloose. awful... Huh? Footloose. No, Footloose was good. It was cute. Okay. What's wrong with that? You're gay. It was about all them Bible thumpers. Yeah. But what about JFK? Rhymes gay. with gay. <laughs> yeah. What about JFK? That was a little ridiculous, but awful uh, accent of his man. It yeah. was just he wasn't good enough. Of course, that movie sucked anyway. Him. It was Oliver Stone, man. Talk about another uh, legend in his own mind, Oliver Stone. There, I'll give you another depressing movie. Speaking of Oliver Stone, talk radio. Okay. Especially right. for those of us who are in it. God, was that a piece of crap movie? Peter Bogdanovich. Remember that? Yeah, Eric Bogosian. Right. What are yours? Did I say Peter Bogdanovich? Same person as uh, uh, Eric Bogosian. WQAM. Um, somebody did lots of, uh, leaving Las Vegas already? Just now. Oh, man, I've been on hold for 20 minutes. <laughs> okay, but at least you got on. Thanks, uh, ass to ass, baby. Okay. Ass to ass. You want to see that ass to ass? Yeah, when are we going to really... get that picture on there? What? Uh, we could, but see, the, the thing with video captions, which is what they're talking about, yeah. is they're not notorious for their quality. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully going for some quality here. I mean, we got Jennifer Connelly on there almost naked today. Right. Very tastefully done. I'll find that other picture. It's also a video capture, but it's a, yeah. it's a decent. Thank the Lord. I'm going to tell you one thing. The Internet is going to have a boom. I mean, it's already booming, but it's going to go through the roof now because the FCC has no regulatory uh, powers over the Internet yet. Yet. And so as a result, anybody who wants to see even like even like a little teeny bit of booby, you know, like mm -hmm. a, little a little bitty booby. Uh, they're not going to see it on TV no more. Not on American TV. In fact, I think half of America might move out of the country just out of protest over this insanity. And even Ed Markey from Massachusetts, who ought to know better, uh, liberal Democrat, even he's screaming. See, because this is the politically correct thing to do. Nobody is going to stand up for smut, which means the First Amendment. See? Right. Right. It's like pornography. Is anybody going to stand like up for that? No. Oh, no. Nobody's going to stand up for drugs, which is freedom. Right. Well, no, we have people that stand up for drugs. Or sit down for them. Or lay down. Right. Like Robert De Niro. Five, six, oh, there's another one. That's another very depressing and long movie, Once Upon a Time in America. Oh, yeah. Man, you talk about depressing. Woo! Noodles. I wonder if noodles like Washington Kugel. Five, six, seven, oh, five, sixty, pound, five, sixty, honey, AT&T, and Verizon Line. QAM, hello. Yes, Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing, pal? Pretty I'm just good. wondering, you know, I'm listening, and it's crazy that the, the attention with Janet Jackson, and I'm looking at John Kerry winning all the polls, and I'm wondering if it's because they're talking about his infidelity and his sexual exploitations, and they're trying to make another Bill Clinton out of this guy. The, the inquiry's already started with that. It's scary. It's yeah. scary. Kerry anyway, is scary. Anyway, thank you. I love listening to you. Okay, Yoke. thanks a lot, pal. He's going to win it, though. You'll see. Kerry's going to beat Bush's ass. Yes, he will. Kerry's going to lick Bush. And, and, and those stories prove that he's got a lot of experience. We want somebody with experience, and Kerry can lick Bush. And so it's going to be another like? big, fat, lopsided sweep like it was Because if daddy. you recall the Jennifer Flowers thing, even I, even somebody as uh, moderately astute as I am, mm -hmm. thought that Clinton was done. So did the I. Jennifer Flowers things, they went on 60 Minutes, Hill and Hillary. Oh, we all thought he was done. Yeah, right. And guess what? Surprise! <laughs> Although, Although I will say, if you were sleeping under a rock last night... Uh, Wesley Clark's pulled out. In Virginia, voted for the Massachusetts senator. 
Kerry stole Howard Dean's issue. Tennessee primary voters who felt angry at the Bush administration were among Kerry's strongest supporters. Hey, Howard Dean, we want to send you a message, okay? Um, the, the answer is no. You did a lot of good things, uh, right, uh, did a lot of wonderful stuff with the Internet, uh, was very creative, but then you fired your manager and you pissed a lot of people off, plus you weren't winning anything anyway, and now time to say goodbye, Howard, okay? With or without Wisconsin or with North Dakota or with uh, any place else, time to say goodbye and nice try. He just He just won't take no for an answer. He's going no. to come in fourth in Wisconsin yes. next Tuesday. And he's still going to continue after that. Anyway, yes. most depressing movie, Under the Volcano, Albert Finney stars as the alcoholic British consul in a small Mexican town. Under the Volcano. i got another one for you. Boy, talk about depressing. Even though at the end, um, it's like me saying, you know, take the check to the bank at QAM. Uh, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, another fag movie with Peter Finch. You ever see it? Uh, no. About he's a doctor, Peter Finch, and he and uh, this woman—I forget who else stars in the woman—they both fall in love with the same young guy. And a guy like he spends part of the time at Peter Finch's house, shacked up with him, and part of the time with a woman who's got a little kid. And it is so depressing. And then the guy goes away. He goes. Uh, this is in England, of course, and he leaves England, goes off to New York to seek his fortune. And uh, you know, Peter Finch was so great. It's too bad he's dead. You know. Yep. Oh well. He was. He was. He was. He was great. And one of the best actors of our time never got any recognition. Crime is mad as hell, but I'm not going to take this anymore. Oh! Until Network. In fact, if ever there was a time to see Network, now is the time to see it, okay? Now is the time. They're not going to do it, but now is the time. And now is the time to see that South Park movie you had. I'm going to do that uh, this week, as a matter of fact. Right, this weekend. It's. Uh, I'll, I'll find the time. How long is it? Uh, like an hour and a half, two hours. You know, like I said, movie. next week. No, I'll see it this weekend. Requiem for Dreams got 61. What? It's all about this crap, this censorship crap. When is it gonna stop? Ah, Jesus, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, you're right. Requiem for Dream, the most depressing movie of all time, according to this crowd, 61. Terms of Endearment, Endowment, 38. Midnight Express, 35. Brian Song, 34. Philadelphia, 32. Sophie's Choice, 21. And after that, Small Potatoes. 12 minutes after 1 at 560 WQM. Don't forget the Willie Williams show at 205 till midnight. It's the last mortgage you'll ever need. It's the only one mortgage from Financial Group. The benefits are incredible. You pay zero closing costs, zero application fees, zero credit bureau fee, zero discounted points. Get yourself that new low interest rate of just 1.25%. If you have a $100,000 loan, your payments are a mere, a paltry, 334 bucks a month. If you have a $200,000 loan, your payments are just 668 a month. And don't forget, once you refinance or get a new home mortgage from Financial Group, you'll never, ever pay closing costs again. Just ask Elmer Conrad. He's got one. Call 1-800-940-LEND, get the low-rate mortgage you deserve, and then move to your next property with no further cost or expense. You pay zero underwriting fee, zero dock fees, zero closing costs, even when you move to another property. Get that new amazing low financing rate of just 1.25% with the only one mortgage from Financial Group. For details, call 1-800-940-LEND and never pay closing costs again. That's Financial Group at 1-800-940-LEND. They're an equal housing uh, lender. Well, I got a little uh, phlegm in here, okay, a little mung. They're an equal housing lender. Restrictions apply. Rates subject to change monthly. 4.21 APR. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. 
my smile from mom, but my cheese came from my dad. I've got a body like a driving range mat. When it's cold outside, use my nips to hang your hat. I can blow in your ear, give you a lap dance. But you won't notice me till I get some implants. I need a guy who ain't got issues like feeling up a chest and finding tissues. Guys say I'm cute, they say I'm pretty. I'm not one who needs your pity. I've got a nice ass and fur like a kitty, but I can't get a man 'cause I got no titties. Got no titties. The wonder bra. Something I can't afford. When you lay on me, you'll swear you're on a diving board. When I turned 11, I started to get pubes. Now I'm 24 and still waiting on my boobs. Guys say I'm cute, they say I'm pretty. I'm not one who needs your pity. I've got a nice ass and girl like a kissy, but I can't get a man. I've got no titties. Got no titties. I've got no The Dog and Pony show goes on. Paul Tagliabue was there.、Uh, they just showed the clips. He's still、uh, babbling around, and、uh, also、uh, Mel Carmazan. It's just the Dog and Pony show. That's all. I mean, who's going to believe anybody's telling the truth anyway, right? No, not me. So Justin and Janet. Oh, it was just an accident. It was a costume malfunction, and、uh, it, it took two seconds. And so the same FCC now—that's a bunch of grave robbers that are in bed with Clear Channel and Viacom. They're putting on this dog and pony show. Oh, we're going to come down hard. And of course, the Democrats being the see when push comes to shove, when your liberties are really on the line, it proves what I've said all along, and that is that and that facts before he was right. Both parties suck. Okay. Yeah. It's just that the Democrats suck a little bit less, and、uh, that's all we got. But both parties suck. There is nobody who will stand up for real freedoms in America no more. Right. It's just、uh, politically incorrect. You just can't do it. Come on, stand、and、up、so、for Tim. And so all of them now, you know, they're describing it as a bipartisan effort now to、uh, oh. to get to the bottom of that titty incident and to, to clean up the airways. Well, when the hell is this going to stop? I mean, nobody could have known that they were going to do that, at least other than those two. And they're certainly never going to prove that. And so, what's the point? What What does it mean? We're going to take everything that's、uh, geared to anybody over the age of five off the air now?、Yes. Yeah. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Neil Rogers Show.、Mm-hmm. I hope you're having a wonderful day. You know, I mean, what what are we talking about here? Going back a zillion years into time, and like I said, the Democrats go right along with it because they don't want to be perceived as being well, you know, too liberal, too permissive. That's bad. Just like they're in Massachusetts, you know. I mean, John Kerry, God forbid that he should say, "Well, you know what? Guess what? I'm all for gay marriage." Oh, he can't say that. Okay, got the new show open, Mr. Rogers. All right. Good morning, boys and girls. Welcome to my neighborhood. Honky tonk man with Clint Eastwood. Somebody says, and these other people—they won't stop doing a pair. Okay, well, a pair isn't—at least it's not a list. You notice we had some that were a list that you faxed me. I just Schmidt can them. I didn't even look at them. If you're going to send us a list anymore on our polls, <coughs> we Schmidt can it. Sleepers—that's a Woody Allen movie. So no, I no, say no, probably no, no. It's not. Sleeper is the Woody Allen movie. 
Sleeper, Woody Allen. This one, Sleepers, is different? Never heard. Yeah, it's different. Jeepers Creepers, what the hell is Sleepers? Is it starring Wally Cox as Mr. Peepers? What's Sleepers? I don't know. Well, how do you know there's another movie called Sleepers? Isn't that the one where they put themselves to sleep and then wake back up because it's a rush? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Let me look this up now in my big, big, heavy, fat book, okay? A big, fat guy like me ought to have a big, fat book, and i got a big, fat one right here, okay? And George has probably got a big, fat one. He's going to wait for after the show. Uh, Sleuth, Sleepy Hollow, Sleep My Love, Um, Sleeping with the Enemy, Sleeping Man, Sleeping Dogs, Sleeper, Sleepers See Little Nikita. There is a, uh, well, we know there's Sleeper, it's a Woody Allen movie, but there's also a Sleepers, Little Nikita. It's the story of uh, Nikita Khrushchev, I believe. No. No. Lillian Russell, Liquid Sky, Little Girl Big Tease. Uh-oh. Big what? Oh, and guess what? That's also got another name. It's called Snatched. Now, what am I looking for? Snatch. No, that's you. What am I looking for here? Sleepers. No, Little Something. Little Nikita. Oh, Little Nikita. Because I already uh, lost my page. Uh, little Rascals, Little uh, little Nellie Kelly, Little uh, Bitty Titty. I had a Little Makita power drill. <laughs> little uh, Miracles. Uh, here's Little Makita, a.k.a. Sleepers. got two names. Kind of like, uh, what's the other name of um, that movie? <laughs> Give me one of them. The um, Robert Duvall movie that's got two names. Oh, The Great Santini. The Great Santini. And what's the other name of it? Uh, the Ace. Yeah, there you go. Just came back. Uh, Little Nikita, despite a screenplay by the esteemed Bo Goldman, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Scent of a Woman, ooh. This lackluster espionage thriller is bogged down with the sort of cliches you'd expect from the height of the Cold War. It's none too credible either, with River Penis as a typical American teen who discovers that his parents are, in fact, oh, dormant Soviet spies. I've seen that. I, ha- and? I have seen that. They're, his parents are Soviet spies. It's mm-hmm. got a great cast. It's got Sidney Poitier got Judd Hirsch. and uh, River Penis and uh, Richard Jenkins and uh, Loretta Devine and Andy Devine, who says, Punk your magic twanger, River. Okay, so Sleepers and the Champ. Got him? Got him. And here's another one that says, What about the Bridges of Madison County and Six and a Half Weeks? Says Sergio. Thanks, Sergio. Well, what a list we got today. You know, this is a, we got a pile of stuff. WQAM, hello. Yes, sir. Hey, I, I think the uh, movie George was talking about was Flatliners. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah. I know that one, too, yeah. But a depressing movie, Creepy. Dancer in the Dark. Dancer the in the Dark? Oh, my God, it's, like, gut-wrenching. It's enough to make you want to uh, kill your uh, dog. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Pally. Have a great day. Enough to make you want to take Jason Williams and just string his ass up, okay? That sounds good to me. Uh, speaking of dogs. Uh, what do you think he did so well this week? That gave him that honor. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Ooh yeah. We have just we've just hit it, man. We have just hit the the bottom. Here's Lloyd Bridges. Hey Lloyd, how you doing, baby? We just hit rock bottom. Bill Humper is interviewing the woman whose dog won the Westminster Dog Show. And what is it you think that Josh the Newfoundland takes, uh, what did he do that won him the top? And there's the big black uh, Normally in the past, dog weighs like 800 pounds. There's no small pooch here. No, it's big dog. dog New York's like a big... See, I mean, to me, I, I have no interest in a dog like that, you know? I mean, a golden retriever's a big dog, too, but it's a, it, it looks like a dog, you know? Does that yes. thing look like a dog to you? 
Uh, a little from the back. From the ass end? From the rear. You mean because it's got a tail? Right, yeah. Well, look at Screwan. There you go. No, I, I see your point. Roy! These exotic dogs are No, they're not. To me. In fact, most of the dogs in a dog show are real dogs anyway. I wouldn't give you a nickel for about 80% of them. And I love dogs, you know that, but these, these to me, that ain't a dog. Now, her, that's a dog. 26 after, and there's a real dog, that bitch over there on the Wall Street. Sights on the wall. Rhonda Schaffler, man, she is a cow. 26 after 1 at 560 WQM. If you're thinking of buying a new car or truck, well, if you want to save yourself a potload of cash, do the smart thing and, and visit Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead. What the hell was that? What? Did you hear that? I thought you farted or something. Not me. Hey, Josh, sniff the air in there. I think he just cut a real big one. Located on US 1, just 20 minutes south of the 836, Armstrong's, I heard it again. Toyota of Homestead is worth the drive to save thousands and thousands on new Toyotas. Check out these great prices in 04 Corolla loaded, including air that you own, for just $12,990. An 04 Camry with air automatic and lots more, just $16,990. Need a truck? How about an 04 Toyota Tundra, the safest truck in America, from just $14,990. And when you buy your new vehicle at Armstrong's Toyota Homestead, you get a free Sun Pass. This was the first dealer in the area to offer you free tires and batteries for the life of your vehicle. <coughs> I get choked up just thinking about it. General Manager David Rich and his staff will do whatever it takes to put you in a great new Toyota today. So experience the Armstrong Toyota Homestead difference. They're locally owned and operated, and they're committed to 100% customer satisfaction. They'll do whatever it takes to make you a happy camper. Their service department is open weeknights late till late to make sure your service work is done and done right, too. Easy to get there. They're on US 1 and 293rd Street in Homestead, just 20 easy minutes south of the 836. So if you're sick and tired of the mega dealers who overpromise and underdeliver, then it's well worth the trip. Call David Rich, the GM at Armstrong's Toyota Homestead. Call 305-242-3247. 305-242-3247. Drive a little and save a whole new lot on that great new Toyota at Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. Drugs are good, okay? Okay. Rush is a junkie head. Yes. Oh, no, that was prescribed medication. My fellow gentlemen. Rush is a junkie head. Oh, 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 that was medication for my back pain. I shall forget. Now Rush is a junkie. Rush is a junkie. Oh, 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 Rush is a junkie. 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 Rush is a junkie.
1982, my friend at the time joined the Marines for four years. To everyone's surprise, he was back five months later. He said he couldn't take it anymore, so he told his commanding officer that he lied on his entry forms to the military. He said that he'd done all kinds of drugs, something that would have kept him out if he reported it before getting in. His commanding officer told him he wasn't going to let him out of the military, so my friend decided to stop participating in all activities. He was soon called before the commanding officer again and was told that he was going to be discharged, that he was a disgrace. Guess what kind of discharge he got? Honorable discharge, just like Mr. Bush. Thanks, Al. Mr. Bush, who, uh, whose commanding officer is both in Houston and in Alabama, said, uh, we never saw him. If he was there, we didn't, he must have been the invisible man because we didn't see him. Okay, here's a whole bunch of these now. Wow. Here's one from William who says, I have to say the most depressing movie I've ever seen has to be Spike Lee's Jungle Fever. It's mainly about a black man, Wesley Snipes, who has an affair with a white Italian woman but has many subplots that are even more traumatic than just interracial dating. Every character has the most mis miserable experiences during this film. They're all pissed off all the time, and the whole thing is just one big fight after another. Sounds like QAM to me. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. Kind of sounds like a QAM story to me. It was the most pessimistic view of the world and the people in general I've ever seen. I think it was the first time I've ever walked out of a movie theater wanting to either A, shoot myself, or B, kill everyone out in the street. <laughs> Thanks, William. What is it? Jungle Fever. Yeah. Michael says... Most depressing movie, Days of Wine and Roses. I think he met Jack Lemmon. Here's what he was trying to say. The yes. Days of Swine and Roses. And Joe says, I can't decide between Al and Barflies. I'll let you guys decide. What so do you say? Barfly or Barflies? It says Barflies here. I know of a movie named Barfly, which in spite of... Oh, Mickey, do I have to look this up again? Yes, you do. You already got the music going. In spite of Mickey Rourke's oh. performance... As a matter of yeah. fact, it's the only performance that he's actually appropriate for, because he's playing a drunk, and he plays it really well. With Faye Dunaway. Who was in it, Mickey Rourke? Yeah, and Faye Dunaway. Yeah. Very well, good Mickey, movie. Well, Mickey Rourke. Good enough. Prince wanted to get his rocks off. So what am I looking for, Barfly? Barfly. Or Barflies. There's the Avengers. There's the Bells of St. Trinians. I mean, there might be a movie called Barflies. Well, that's what I'm looking for right now. We want it. There's Barton Fink. There's Barfly. Now, is there Barflies? No, it's just Barfly. Okay. With uh, 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 Mickey Rourke, like you said, Faye Dunaway, mm -hmm. Alice Knight, J.C. Quinn, Frank Stallone, Jack Nance, and Sandy Martin. I wonder if he's kind of like Sandy from um, Flipper. So there you go. There's a Barfly. We'll get that on there. Boy, we've got movies up the ass here today, Mandy. Oh, don't say that. Let's see. The heart disease Dr. Atkins had was more likely due to his uh, infection in his infected heart. And his oversized. It had nothing to do with his diet. His arteries were as clean as uh, as a, the inside of a goddamn oxygen tent. Right? Right. WQAM, hello. Good afternoon, Neil. Yes, sir. I'm glad you brought up the Jason Williams story. That really, really got me upset. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. First time, long time. All right. Two things. Number one, uh, I had a family member who was in the military, and he got caught doing drugs between an honorable discharge and a medical discharge. Right. So there goes that goes to show you how easy they are to get. I'll be damned. And number two, it's not, it's not probably worth going to put on your poll because it's not a popular movie, but a good movie by River Phoenix that was depressing was called Running on Empty. Right. Have you ever heard of it? Yes, I have. I've seen it. Good movie. Morbid and very depressing. It was very depressing. I okay, thanks, Pally. All right, you have a good one, Neil. And have a great day. 
Poor River Penis, man. He was a pretty good actor. You didn't like him, though. Why, why would you say that? Nah, because he was like a lot of people. Because he was bi, I guess. Oh, we're going to have a new, uh, we're going to have a whole new uh, deal on our website after we start with all these pictures. We're going to have three different categories. We're going to have like heterosexual, homosexual, uh, no, four categories, bisexual, and then trisexual, right. which is for people who will try anything. Right. Machines, animals, aliens. Right. Holes in the wall. Mm-hmm. And I bet you that uh, Michael Powell's probably one of those. Right. I bet you he's done it all. Natural Michael phenomena. Powell. He probably, uh, like, comes to the doorknob when he gets home. Or maybe even backs into it. Let's see. What was the most depressing movie ever made? Requiem has got 63. Brian Song, 40. Terms of Endearment, 38. Midnight Express, 35. Philadelphia, 33. Sophie's Choice, 23. Midnight Cowboy, 21. Saving Ryan's Privates, 19. American History X, 15. Looking for Mr. Goodwrench, 15. Old Yeller, 15. Magnolia, 14. You must see Magnolia. Don't pay any attention to George. He just busted my chops. That's all. That's all. He liked it. He didn't like the ending, but nothing's perfect, okay? Every performance in there was sensational. Yes. Can we agree on that? Yes. All right. Special. Here's line nine, our best line. QAM, hello. Hey, Neil. How you doing, boss? Pretty good, sir. Cool. Uh, I got I got a couple movies for you. I'm not supposed to do one, but I got a couple for you. Now go ahead. Uh, yesterday I saw a really, really depressing uh, movie on DVD, Deep Impact, man. I mean, there was nothing good about that movie whatsoever. Deep Impact? Yeah, it was Morgan Freeman. It's about when the asteroid hit Friggin the Earth. Morgan Freeman, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty depressing. Uh, deep impact. Yeah. And, uh, Rachel, well, that's Rachel. what he said. He said friggin' Morgan Freeman. That's okay. No, he's, that's he's not a great not actor. That. Uh, oh. What else was that? Raging Bull. Yeah. And the Diary of Anne Frank. Okay, thanks. Thanks. Now, what did I miss? Deep Impact's one of those cheese ball science fiction movies. It's not a depressing movie. He's just uh, fun in this. He is. Well, I never saw. How am I supposed to know? I know. Okay, well, see, I know see all of us who haven't seen it, which is virtually all of us. Did, Josh, did you see it? Yeah, I believe I did. And was it uh, depressing? Not at all. See, so he's having fun with us. Yeah. That's why he. That's, that's why, why he laughing. rattled off about fifteen of them. That's why he said friggin' Morgan Freeman. All right. <laughs> well, put you, it on you, there just, you are so easy. Yeah, we'll put it on there for maybe to get a hundred votes. What do we care? Wow. Oh, I got good news for us all though. You notice how everything is good for you. Tomato sauce. Good for you. Helps oh, prevent prostate cancer, right? Though, yeah. Oh, Harper. Um, what other stuff that's really terrible for you? It, everything is good for you. That's right. It says here. Some argue that, and I've been hearing this the last several days now, because with Valentine's Day here, they're trying to, they're trying to, and of course Easter coming too. They want to hype all the Easter candy. Some argue that Valentine's Day is nothing more than conspiracy among greeting card companies, florists, and chocolatiers. Nevertheless, many welcome any excuse to indulge in chocolate, and these chocolate lovers may be heartened to learn that more and more studies suggest that chocolate is good for you. Oh. Forget about Rick and Suds and beer is good for you. Oh. Chocolate is good for you. Oh, Chocolate's yes. good. And cigarettes. Right. And booze. And drugs. Well, the booze, you're not even kidding. Remember the wine report? That, that's what I'm talking about. Everything is good for you. Wine mm -hmm. will lower your blood pressure. It cleans out your arteries. It cleans out your uh, rectum. Everything. It gets Especially it all depends on where you put the cork, I guess. Mm -hmm. gets you late. Chocolate is a natural food product, so the idea that this plant-based product contains good nutrients shouldn't be surprising, says Carl L. Keen. He's Peachy Keen, chairman of the Department of Nutrition at the University of California, Davis. Chocolate and cocoa are made with beans from the cocoa plant, which grows in South America, African and Asian rainforests. Although high-fat chocolate has a bad rap today, in previous centuries, chocolate was viewed as magical and medicinal. Oh, and speaking of previous centuries, you see the three wise men were ladies after all? Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that report. Maybe. They were ladies. Maybe, yeah. In fact, when they got to the manger, one of them said, how are you doing with the ladies? And Joseph said, 
Must be pretty good. I got her pregnant without even touching the bitch. I mean, that's bad. See, it was that bad. Oh, I got I'm the good. bitch pregnant. Yeah. Not, not I don't think he up. did. I think it was friggin' Morgan Freeman. When consumed in modest amounts, chocolate and cocoa don't raise cholesterol levels. Studies demonstrate that cocoa flavonoids help prevent blood clots and that chocolate acts as an antioxidant means it protects cells from damage. Wow, this antioxidant activity may reduce risk of certain cancers. It's so good for you. You just wait to see what I'm getting when I get off the air today. Live and local, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. QAM. At 560-WQAM. Tonight on Comedy Central, it's the hilarious comedy stylings of Joe Lieberman. There's an old saying that behind every successful man, there's a surprised mother-in-law. Thank you. Can you believe it? The wacky Joe Lieberman. Tonight on Comedy Central. The best way to feed the birds is to give more oats to the horse. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Thank you. I'm getting hot, aren't I? Yeah, hot as last year's Halavah. 146 at 560 WQM. Here's Pete says, how could W have the pay steps from a position that had no pay to it? The section he was so-called in was being dismantled at the time. Well, Pete, what can I tell you? Nitpicking Pete. If they don't got it, they just make it up. And... Uh, Ivan says, if the FCC is complaining about nudity on the air, they should look not too far for the Virginia flag where there's a lady with her breast showing. Oh, now, my God. He did fax a picture, but you can't see it. What is next, putting a bra on the flag? And, of course, the answer, Ivan, is... Absolutely. Sure. John Ashcroft's probably uh, working That's on right. it right now. Get the needle and thread ready. You bet. He's uh, just like Betsy Ross. Ever seen them together? No. Same person. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Most depressing movie you ever saw. WQAM, hello. Hello, Niels. Yes, sir. I'd like to talk about the Jason the Williams story. Yeah, okay. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Christian Neil, please. Speaking. Uh, a couple for your list, Neil. Love story. We got it. Um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, okay, thanks. Blade Runner, really depressing. Okay. And then the uh, sequel, Gay Blade Runner, was really bad. Oh. Banned in Boston. Bum Let's runner. see, here's one. Uh, Mike from Davies says, All Mine to Give. Very depressing. It's circa 1950, starring Glennis Johns, set in the, the turn of the century, uh, backwoods of Minnesota. Both parents die, leave six children. The oldest is 12 years old. He goes door to door and gives away his brothers and sisters. How much? That sounds like a Monty Python bit. Sure. Doesn't it? The Catholics. All Mine to Give. You got it? Got it. All right. Let's talk about that Jason Williams thing. No. Not... Oh, I think it's a racial thing, don't you? I wonder what color the dog was. That's the Rottweiler. WQAM, hello. Greetings. Yes, sir. Hey, I got one depressing movie for you called 1984. Yeah, we're, really, we're living it right now. You got it, brother. And if we don't do something about it on November 2nd, we're all goners. All right. Good luck to you, pal. And us, too. Thanks. See ya. 1984. Got it. George Orwell was ahead of his time, just like Patty Chayefsky. Mm-hmm. WQAM, hello. I got a, a depressing movie for you. Yes, sir. How about that guy that was retarded and they gave him an operation or something? Charlie. He, he, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Charlie was a great movie. Yeah. Very depressing though. Morbid. Yeah, that's that's top of my list. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks, Pally. All right. It's enough to make you want to blow uh, Jason Williams' brains out, isn't it? Yeah. Now, who the hell was in that? Don't tell me. Okay. I can see him. 
You can see him leaping off of a tall building. Oh, no. George Reeves. No. Steve Reeves. No. Not a building, but a. No, I know who it is. I can't just don't know his name. If you're driving along a road and car falls off a cliff. Yes. Robertson. See, I knew I'd get it. Five, six, seven. <laughs> no, I, it, he's one of those people I have a, a name block. I just, um, I have a brain fart there. I can't. No, I understand. I, got the I, I see him something. and I just don't know what his name is. I mean, I know him. Right. Or you met him uh, yesterday. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Neil, uh, how you doing? How about uh, Splendor in the Ass? I mean, grass. S Splendor in the Ass sounds excellent. That was this morning. In fact, I think that was Miss Fudge wrote that one. Splinter in the ass. Splinter in the grass. Let's go. Was that depressing? I don't know. Yeah, five six yeah, seven oh five sixty. Did you see that? That's a long. That's an old movie. Sure it is. Splinter in your ass. Didn't it have Cindy Cindy Portier. Cindy Portier. Yeah, she yeah. was great. And her brother. And also a uh, freak, freaking Morgan Freeman. <laughs> now don't don't pretend that that was the funny line. I thought you were laughing at that. No. I thought Jesus, he's starting to sound like no, a bird now. No, it was laughing. Well, how the hell would anybody know that unless they saw that piece of crap? Exactly. It was online. It was online nine. So just you know, consider the source. Mm -hmm. Just calm down a little bit. Smoke a little bit more of that good crap. WQAM, hello. Neil, God. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, you asked an hour ago about uh, about Charles Manson, why he's not uh, uh, executed. No death penalty. Uh, yeah, back in the in the late seventies, the California Supreme Court uh, uh, commuted all of the. Oh, deaths. that's right. This guy's yeah, right. So, like Sirhan, Sirhan, all those guys all got. Killed. Oh, that's right. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. So. What a disgrace. He's going to be around for uh, ever, I guess. Oh, and, brother. And movie, yeah, movie nomination. Yes, sir. Chinatown. Chinatown because of the way that it ended. I mean, uh, the, the bad guy Noah, whatever the old man got the you know got the young girl at the end when the, when they shot Faye Dunaway's character. Very Always different. depressing when the old man gets the girl in the end. You got it. Thank you. Thanks a lot, pal. Have a great day. Isn't that depressing, especially for yeah, the younger guys? You should get really front. Porked off about that. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty. Don't forget our hot couples contest. You got till Friday at two o'clock to email your pictures to contest at neilrogers.com. We got what about ten or eleven right now? Thereabouts. Something like that. And we can handle as many as you want, but uh, time is running out. I just mentioned that in passing if you want one of those trips. Or just, like, exhibit yourself to the rest of the world so they can look at you and say, hey, they look pretty good, or they can laugh at you, or whatever they want to do. They're all going to laugh at you. Probably. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. What about, I got two movies. I got Scarface and Ghost. Scarface? Scarface was depressing. That was a feel-good movie. Yeah. Pretty depressing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And also... George is a queer bag. I... people, man. That wasn't my people. I, yeah, it was, it was one of your people. crazy guy. It, no, it was not. One of your people. All right. It's one of that little circle jerk crowd. Okay. You know, you talk about me and Reverend Jones, which you I'm finally Jones. onto his ass, but, I mean, you and that little circle jerk crowd, you're just in such uh, denial, man. No, they're in love with me. I understand that, but that was the I'm crazy. He was about to bust out with it. I understand that, but he's one of your people. He's right. part of that circle. He's part of that circle, circle jerk jerks. of... Uh, Right. The they're sitting in Sweetwater right now. In fact, they're probably at 2.15. They're going to have a meeting in Hialeah at uh, J.C. Penney's at Westland. Squirt, squirt. Yeah, going to be drilling some extra glory holes today. In fact, some of them are like way high up in the air. you got to stand on the uh, you got to stand on the on the bowl to reach it. 152 at 5.60 QAM. We are Sports Radio 560 QAM. You go back to Canada, you Jew bastard. I'm just a standing in the back. I'm watching porno video. Okay. Feeling my way all around the room. 
560 WQM. Hey, well, uh, anybody be at Westland about 6 o'clock tonight? Check out the new holes in there. J.C. Penney's <laughs> in the old tea room. Anyway, here's what we got. We got. I don't think I have time to read all of these, you know? Better hurry. Better hurry. What was the most depressing movie ever made? Good list. We got, how many we got? About 30, man. 30,000. Requiem for a Dream 68. Can't touch it. Brian Song, 41. And keep in mind, uh, depressing doesn't mean bad. Right. Like that deep impact. <laughs> uh, Brian Song, 41. Midnight Express, 40. Terms of Endearment, 38. I thought Gloria Leonard was in that deep impact. No. Philadelphia, 34. Sophie's Choice, 25. Midnight Cowboy, 23. Saving Ryan's Privates, 19. <clears throat> All the other 16. American History X, 15. Looking for Mr. Goodwrench, 15. Magnolia, 14. You will love it, and don't pay any attention to George. Leaving Las Vegas, 13. Uh, the thing is changing again. I hate it. Uh, like I said, 14. Casualties of War, 13. Deliverance, 12. Ordinary People, 12. El Norte, 9. Bowling for Columbine, 9. Pay It Forward, 9. Monsters, Balls, 8. And also, 8. With, and that's it. I'm down from there. Okay? I'm not going to read all the single-digit ones. We'll be here till midnight. Right. And we don't want to do that because we got to make way for the Willie Williams show coming up next on QAM. How is that Jason Williams trial coming, by the way? I just mentioned that in passing. And one thing I want to find out tomorrow, before 2 o'clock tomorrow, is why he didn't get charged with that damn dog incident. Shut up. I'm sure we'll find out on the sports segments here on QAM. Bye, bye, bye. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Get off this instant. Oh, oh. That was fucking great.